See, I think people are going to enjoy that. That's the new new way I'm going to open the show. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to perform the music. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. It is a Thursday edition of the show. I, I realize this is... This is where we are. Again, remember, going into the season, I said the likelihood was that I wasn't going to be watching a lot of Orioles baseball. And then last night, I was legitimately angry. Angry that I didn't get to spend my evening with the Baltimore Orioles. Like, angered. Bothered. On edge. I'm drunk on this. I don't care for nights where I'm like, ah, I can be in fact, pull it to don't pull the curtains back. Normally on Wednesdays we'd like to go play uh, John Proctor trivia. Our buddy John Proctor hosts trivia on Wednesday nights and uh, Timonium. And so we were like, oh, well we'll go over there. We'll play some uh, John Proctor trivia. And then he told us uh, he was out of town this week, and so there would be somebody else hosting. And I was like, aha! Then I will skip trivia because I'd like to spend my evening with the Baltimore Orioles anyway. And if we go play trivia, I'd have to distractedly watch it with the sound off. I was like, I'd far rather be in the comfort of my own abode, sound on, Kevin Brown there hanging out with me, Ben McDonald, my pals, right there in my living room. I'd love that. So I altered my plans over the opportunity to spend the evening with the Baltimore Orioles and then... Stolen from me. And to make matters worse, I forgot we had put in an all-Orioles ticket in on Swagger that it was worthless. I mean, they gave us our money back. For, I mean, it's not, it's not – it's like it never happened. But still, I was all excited about playing Swagger. I, you know, one thing that uh, somebody asked me about that I, I – you don't have to pick all of the same scenarios from one game. I was choosing them from the Orioles game because I'm being totally frank. I feel like I know more about that than I do other games. But um, if, you, if you didn't hear us talking about it, we, we've got a new partner in Swagger. We're very excited about having them on board. Playwithswagger.com slash PressBox. They're offering you $10 free. So free money to start with. And then on top of that, you make a deposit of up to $100. They'll match it with free money for you to play with. So you could get up to $110 free. You might never use your own money when you play with Swagger. It's amazing. You could just keep making money using the money that they gave you. It's unbelievable. And it's set up so that unlike other like fantasy games, and again, the idea is, look, it's still a bummer. We can't bet here in the state of Maryland on our phone or computer which sucks. But the idea is it's going to make you feel like you're betting. So what you're doing is you're building uh, parlays, either via their Action X or their Pick X scenario, where you're, you're picking potential results. Does a certain hitter end up with two or more hits or two or more total bases during the course of a game? So you're putting your cards together, and you don't have to get everything right. This isn't, again, other contests that exist. You got to go four for four, five for five. You got to nail them all. If you get one wrong, you lose the ticket. It's a true parlay bet. This isn't a true parlay bet. You got to get points. So you build a ticket looking for as many points as possible. 
And if you get enough points, even if you get, let's say you go three for five, but your three that you picked were underdogs. And again, they don't go by odds. They go by a points system. So something that gets you like 68 points is considered a serious underdog. One to two, if you will. If you get enough points, you're going to win anyway. It's, it's awesome. It's phenomenal. I'm all in. In fact, I was ready to build another card this morning. So I started I, to build I did one card. yesterday. You after, built, yeah, after I got how'd you do? Show. I uh, I went four for eight. So I unfortunately missed. I missed the mark. I think I needed two hundred twenty-five points to win money. My to like win money back, and yeah. I got two hundred eighteen. I did the oh, Yankees. I did the Yankees Mariners game. That'll sting. And uh, yeah, th- uh, the Yankees not helping us. And again, no, I'm okay no. with that. I'm okay with that because I will not root for the Yankees. I don't care. I won't do it. I was, however, rooting for the Brewers yesterday. I was very excited about that. That was great news as the Orioles moved into a tie for the final playoff spot in the American League. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, unfortunately, they it was red hot as they are. I actually kind of would have preferred them to play the Blue Jays last night instead of in, on September 5th, because who knows? By that point... Right. You know, maybe they've cooled off or the Blue Jays have gotten hot or something No, we got a like doubleheader on Labor Day. They do get the doubleheader, which sort of builds into my desire for that insano crowd. There is no excuses for there to not be a 40,000-plus crowd at uh, the ballpark on Labor Day. Um, so, yeah, I was starting to put together a ticket this morning, uh, and I'm basically just doing – now what I figured out is that maybe I should trust the numbers more than I trust myself. Mm-hmm. So I was looking into the uh, swishanalytics.com provides you Whoa. those are this that's where I was going yesterday for my statistics on how a per, per specific uh, hitter is performed against a specific pitcher and they just listed out for you all of the matchups for that particular day and so I was combing through a bit and I found out um, for example I'll give you one uh, Michael A Taylor one for 12 in his career against Dylan Cease. So it would seem to me, like if I pull up the old Royals-White Sox game, right? because this is what I was trying to tell you, you can go from different games. You don't have to play at all in the same game. Okay, so I could pick like... You could put a ticket together on... Santander to get a hit. 100%. Then you can go to the, the Royals-White Sox Todd, game. Or uh, Michael A. Taylor to not get a hit. Exactly. Uh, so if I go over here... And obviously take the Dylan C's strikeout, whatever me, the number let me, is. Let me see if Michael A. Taylor is even an option. Ah, apparently they're not letting you. Really? Yeah. I, Sam Haggerty was an option yeah, for the Mariners game yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to remember. There was there was one that I found for um, someone who's performed particularly well, and I was like, well, I think I'll go do something with that. I was hoping they might have some Ravens preseason stuff on there. They, they do not have football preseason. Uh, they will have, however, yes, uh, regular they will have, season they football. They do have regular season. Ah, Corey Seager for his career, five... For nine against Framber Valdez, five for nine against Framber Valdez. So, let me see here. Corey Seager getting two hits or more tonight would get you sixty-eight points. Think I might be playing that one on my swagger ticket. Think I might do that. Of course, it's a small sample size. Five for nine is not overwhelming, but it's just enough for me to say I'm ready to risk it all, baby. I'm ready to risk it all. Um, so yeah, that's the cool thing about Swagger is you can play from different games if you'd like to put together a ticket, and I am excited about that. So, um, we'd like to have them on board again. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox is the link. Go there, sign up, $10 free. They match up to $100 in your first deposit playing with Swagger. Coming up on the program today, uh, Rod Woodson is going to join us, the Hall of Famer, of course, the former Raven. Now he's back. 
Uh, he's got two new gigs that we're going to talk him about. The first is that he's working the broadcast now with Jerry Sandusky, including uh, tonight on uh, your television. Uh, you will see it. I guess you could listen to it, too, on the radio as the uh, Ravens take on the Titans in the first preseason game. You can watch it on WBAL, as uh, our friend Keith Mills used to say. Um, and then he's also got a new gig coaching in the XFL, so we'll talk to him about both of those things. Later on this hour, Cade Povich is going to join us. He came over from the Twins in the Jorge Lopez deal. Uh, had a brilliant first start with the Aberdeen Ironbirds. We will talk to him about that. And in the 11 a.m. hour, our friend Adam Pohl is going to join us in studio. Adam, longtime voice in the Orioles system. Uh, started in Frederick, moved up to Bowie. He's been with Bowie for a long time. He's just going to come in, hang out. We'll talk some Orioles. We'll talk some Bay Sox. Uh, and I want to do a definitive power rankings. Have you done a definitive power rankings with us yet, Griffin? A definitive? I yes, guess not. definitive no. power rankings, which, of course, it's a hand of God. Whenever we do this, okay. it is definitive. It is truly definitive. You're not allowed to change? Oh, like, no. These are the, we are, we are, we, at, once we finish the segment, you then go carve these things into stone to be passed down through the generations. Okay. It is your responsibility to protect that we have defined the power rankings of a certain subject. Um, I'd like to do baseball promotions this week. Ooh. I'd like to do definitive power rankings. Now, Adam, of course, in his career has seen plenty. And I'm not looking necessarily for the very specific ones, the like, you know, shave your, your back hair, like that type of thing. I'm looking for something that's more frequent than that. What are the promotions that are most likely to get you to the ballpark? I, I've got my own, and I'll put together a few of mine, and I'll let you and Adam share yours. And then between the three of us, we will um, we'll put together a definitive list. And then, if necessary, if there's debate, we'll Rochambeau is what we'll do in order to determine uh, who gets the position. on. And then after that, you'll post them up at glennclarkradio.com. That's how you carve them into stone to pass them down okay. through the generations. <laughs> That's the way that it works. So uh, we'll do definitive power rankings of baseball promotions, the things that are most likely to get you to the ballpark outside of the team being good. I understand the team being good, or like, say, opening day, probably yeah. the things that are most likely to get you to the ballpark. I would ballpark. think number one, Shohei Otani. Like Not a promotion. <laughs> Not a promotion. A player. Not the same. I get it. Not the same. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that. All right. So, uh, we'll do that when Adam comes in studio a little bit later on. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, the Orioles moving to a tie uh, with the Rays for the third wild card spot, which is neat. I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday being like, well, the Orioles control their destiny now. Well, they've actually done that for a while. The way that control your own destiny works is if you win all of your games, which, of course, they're not going to do. Well, I don't think they're going to do. But that's what that means. You control your own destiny. If you win all of your games, you'd be in. Well, that's been the case for a little while because they have so many games in hand with the teams that were ahead of them. They were still playing more games against the Blue Jays and the Rays. So if they won all of those games, they would be in. So it, that's not the, what, what you think you're saying is not what you're actually saying. The Orioles didn't start controlling their own destiny yesterday. They did... It doesn't really mean anything, but it just it's neat for us. They did move into a tie so that when you look at the playoff picture or when you go to the wild card standings, you see the Orioles sitting in a spot that would at least get them 163rd game um, in order to try to get into the postseason at this point. What does it mean? Nothing. Other than the fact that it goes back to the insanity of this season and the, the, the stupidity of this season. 
the absurdity of this season. This is not, as, as a, a few people pointed out yesterday on Twitter, this team lost 19 straight games last year. They didn't go out and sign a bunch of players. They lost 19 straight games, stayed the course, and now, on August 11th, they're sitting in a playoff spot. That's crazy. You don't get rewarded for that. Again, you don't get to go to the playoffs because you were in the playoff spot on August 11th. There's still a lot of the season left to be played. You still have work to do. They also happen to be the best team in the American League for the last whatever it's been, six weeks, something like that. I'm trying to remember what the date. It's always difficult because I see all of these numbers that are being floated around, and I never remember yeah. them when I'm trying to do the show. Um, but they're, they're insane. Go back and, and look. It's just nuts. All that being said, there is still work to do. And I, even with them sitting in a spot, we'd still say it's unlikely, not impossible, but I would still default to unlikely just because you're asking a lot. But when I say unlikely, I don't know what I would say. Somebody would say, hey, what, percentage-wise, what do you think the chance is? I don't know, 30, 36%? That's, that's generous. Come on, 35 probably. Yeah, I mean, thank realistic. you. That's a good point. 36 I think they have a chance. Absolutely, I think they have a chance. And I think those chances are getting better every day. But I still think on paper, it's an awful lot to ask for this group to keep holding up. Now, the further we move forward, the the greater that number becomes. It could be over 50% by the time we get to September. Um, this guy, Ryan Spader, who's... I don't really know what he does, but he's got a blue check mark on Twitter, and I think he's been an author or something. I... I, I I also think that he's pissed a lot of people off over the years, but he pulled up a number that was that was fascinating to me um, yesterday as he was looking at the various playoff chances that different um, websites and projections give the Orioles, and it's kind of fascinating. Um, this is the tweet. The Baltimore Orioles are 34-17 and 17 over their last 51 games played, the best record in the American League during that stretch. So that's the number that I was looking for. Over the last 51 games, they have the best record in the American League. That's wow. a pretty big sample wow. size. I mean, it's still, it's a small sample size like in general, but in trying to, in delivering context to where they are at the moment, the fact that they've been the best team in the American League for nearly two months certainly buoys their chances. Their postseason odds sit at 50% according to baseball reference, but just 6.7% according to fan graphs, and 17% according to 538, which is really quite wild that, like, that's all over the place. Baseball reference basically appears to be saying, well, they're in a spot right now. They're tied with the Rays, so 50-50. Whereas... Fan graphs appears to be looking more at like what they've done on paper and you know maybe yeah, run differential things along those lines exactly right have they gotten lucky in certain situations stuff like that can a bullpen hold up the exact same way all season most statistics would tell you probably not like that's probably things they're taking into consideration 538 probably does more of that as well I don't know I don't know all of the various platforms um, models for determining the likelihood of a team making the playoffs. And it's interesting. But again, it doesn't really mean anything today. It's fun. It makes us feel good. 
If Carson Weekly was here, he'd tell us we were pretty. You want to give it a shot? Yeah, sure. We are so pretty. No, you have to say you, not you. Well, you. Well, you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You. No, it's not about you. You're not. You are so pretty. Thank you. So pretty. Thank you. You don't need to reassure yourself. You need to reassure everybody else. Let them know you're very pretty. Very, very pretty. You're the prettiest girl here, frankly. Um, so, <laughs> never mind. I don't know if I can make this. <laughs> there is a, all right, never mind. I'm not going to make, there was a joke. I had a friend who had called the other night who I hadn't heard from in a long time. And um, somehow she brought up uh, the concept of female anatomy. And my wife was sitting right next to me as I was on this call. And uh, she was like, she was like, well, you think mine is the best, right? And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Where did this come from? And so I said, yes, of course. I didn't even know that other women had them. Like I was doing a whole, I was doing some shtick in the Clark household the other evening. I'm sure um, that landed, right? It did. It <laughs> did. It worked out really well because I, was, I oversell in uh. those moments. Oh, other women have those too? I had no idea. I oversell. Um, I don't. I don't know how I. It, it used terminology that I'm just not going to use on the show. If if you if I was able to recreate it entirely, you probably would get a chuckle out of it. Instead, you're probably like, "Hey, dummy, move back to the sports conversation." And I get it. It doesn't mean anything, but it feels nice. What it means is the Orioles need to keep winning games. Plain and simple, they need to keep winning games. They go play this one-off in Boston tonight. Um. I saw a few people talking about the idea that, like, you know, this is a weird scenario. It's it's why it sucked that they just didn't call the game a little bit earlier last night and allow the Orioles to travel a little bit quicker. You're you you get in late. You want to get out right after the game. This is a difficult spot. This is where a lot of teams one might not put like the the regular lineup on the field. They might just sort of say, "Hey, we kind of accept this is a weird situation." Let's put these guys out there and see. Let's not force it. And then two, you you worry about like the interest level that some teams would have in a one-off game like this on the road. Based on what we've seen from the Orioles, I don't have those concerns. Like the Orioles seem to take every situation quite seriously. So I, I'm not really worried about whether or not they'll kind of ease up the night or they won't be fully focused or they'll be frustrated by the circumstances of having to go travel to play one game and then travel again, which does suck. There's no way of getting around it. Dean Kramer, who didn't pitch last night, will be on the mound. It was originally scheduled to be Austin Voth. He'll be pushed back as well. They'll just push everybody back. So Kramer goes tonight, 7 o'clock, against the Red Sox. Josh Winskowski is on the man, on the mend, on the mound for Boston as the Orioles play this one-off game, makeup game with the Red Sox tonight at 7 o'clock. So that's what's going on as far as the Orioles are concerned. Of course, the other thing that's going on tonight is a preseason football game here in Baltimore. And I don't think we've, we, I still don't, unless I'm missing it somewhere, I still don't think we know all of the details about who's playing and who isn't playing. And frankly, nor am I all that concerned about that just being as honest as I can, I don't really get worked up about who's playing and who's not playing because I don't care. And I, and I understand. Like, this would be bad. If I was doing real radio today, there would be a program director that would be screaming at me like, you, got, you have to pretend to care. 
Other people care. It's what's going on. Well, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. Um, that being said, as far as things I might be interested in, in, like if I was forced to watch the game, truth be told, I'm going to watch the Orioles this evening. That's what I'll look at the the Field of Dreams game too. I'll poke over at uh, what's going on there. It's not a very good game. It's the Cubs and the Reds, which is a bummer. But just because the setting is so great and it, it looks gorgeous, I'll poke over at some point at what's happening in uh, in old Iowa this evening. So as far as what I would be concerned about or what I might be interested in, admittedly, one, if they put starters out there, and that's, of course, a huge question. Who do they line up on the offensive line? The belief right now is that Jawan James would be the backup plan to Ronnie Stanley. So you would presume he would be the guy that would go out there at left tackle. Is McCary the backup plan at center? We assume so, with Tyler Linderbaum sidelined. So then, would Ben Powers be the backup plan at left Guard, I'm working under the assumption of that, but a game gives you that first opportunity to sort of see it. Just see how they're lined up. The next thing I might have some interest in is their usage of wide receivers. Because that would be the one position that you could look at and say, hey, you could justify maybe putting some starters on the field or guys that are regulars on the field a bit more because... You got to figure out what these dudes are. You got to figure out who's actually helpful. So I could sell myself on not that what happens in the game, man. I've tried to have this conversation so many times. We we get lost in um, because we're watching the games. They have to matter. We get lost in that. And it's not the case. Because we're watching the games doesn't make them matter. There can be decisions that are already made, and then you got to go out and you got to get through a game. So, here, we're just going to put these guys out there and don't read anything into it. We get lost in the idea that because it's happening, something about it has to matter which is not true. But it doesn't mean we can't say it's maybe interesting. And that's always, to me, been the best way to define something. If tonight you see Isaiah, hey, this man came in quite early today. I like that. It's good to see him. Um, If Isaiah likely lines up a little bit more out wide, that's interesting to me. It doesn't guarantee that's what he's going to do during the regular season, but it's just something to file away. If you see Devin Duvernay and James Prochet on the field and Jalen Moore is out there with them, that doesn't mean that Jalen Moore is on the roster or it doesn't mean that Jalen Moore is ahead of other guys on the depth chart. It's something interesting to file away because maybe, maybe it's a statement about how high he's moved on the depth chart. And that's the appropriate way to say it. We like to make more definitive statements than that. Well, this is clear proof that he's separated himself. No, it ain't that. It could just be them messing around in a preseason game. It doesn't matter. 
always have to remind people of that. It's the same thing about going to practice. You're out there, so you want to believe that it matters, and you want to believe that it's real, and you want to believe all of those things. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. At all. It does not necessarily mean that. But it could. And I know I'm, I'm doing the bit where, like, nothing matters. Nothing in the world matters. But yeah, that's the way that preseason football, anything before the games begin, actually works. File it away. Note it as being interesting. Don't over-project. Don't assume that if tonight you see, you know, Proche Wallace and Slade Bolden, although I think I saw Slade Bolden was banged up the other day, so I don't even know if he's playing. But if you were to see something like that, that that means that Slade Bolden's definitely ahead of other guys on the depth chart. It doesn't mean that. It means maybe. I keep coming back to that. Maybe. That's what you take from preseason football, if you're inclined to watch. And, of course, as I mentioned a few times, I'm not. I'll, I'll join you when the games matter. I'll join you then. Then we can, we can talk, and I'll watch the games with you, and we can have conversation about it, and we can talk about what it is that we're seeing. Happy to do that when the games matter. Until then, not going to happen. Just not the way it's going to go. But they're going to play it anyway, and we'll talk to Rod Woodson here in one second about uh, what we might see tonight between the Ravens and Titans. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, which is the best place to be. You can bet on tonight's game. And I would think that if you were going to, you should probably bet on the Ravens. I don't know if you've heard. They like to win in the preseason. And even more so, they actually like to cover in the preseason. In fact, in their uh, 20-game win streak, they have covered 17 times. So I'd probably encourage you to bet the Ravens. Get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. It's the best place to be for all of football season. 61 self-service kiosks. Betting pads coming. FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino, and Hotel. Well, our next guest is not only a Hall of Famer, uh, he's a man who's got a couple of new gigs, including he is now part, full-time, of the Ravens broadcast team. So you're going to see him and hear him tonight, and then you'll be hearing him throughout the regular season as well as part of the crew on WBAL and 98 Rock. He is our buddy Rod Woodson, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Rod, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's great to chat with you again. Obviously, you've been involved with broadcasting and coaching a lot over these years, so it's it's cool that these are kind of your gigs. Um, but take me through how it ended up back in Baltimore and getting reconnected with the Ravens these last couple of years and, and moving into this role that we're going to see in tonight. Yeah, you know, last several years, you know, I worked with Westwood One, uh, calling the national radio broadcast for – for the NFL uh, on their networks, uh, either that Thursday night or Sunday night games, and you know, which was great. I loved doing it. Um, and then, you know, really just you know, they they gave uh, they talked to my guy and uh, that represents me, and um, and he just he asked me, and I'm like, you know, let's do it. You know, it's a lot of traveling, but. You know, it's going to be fun. Where, where, Rod, where, where are you living these days? 
live in Vegas. Okay, so yeah, it is a lot. Where, where of course, if you don't know, Rod's also going to be the uh, the coach for the XFL team in Las Vegas. So yeah, it, it is going to be a hell of a lot of traveling. There's no doubt about that. But the connection with the Ravens, obviously, you know, people associate you most with the Steelers, which we like to pretend never happened, of course, as you know, in this town. Um, but but why is the connection for you with the Ravens so strong, despite the fact that it was only a few years that you were here? Well, you know, four years, um, you know, a part of that uh, Super Bowl run. You know, I like to say I was a part of really kind of building a culture inside the locker room, which, uh, you know, Rich, you know, Ray and the rest of the, the, the elite players who came through there, Ed Reed and, and Jonathan Ogden's, uh, they they helped kind of curtail in their direction and how they wanted it, kind of how they saw it. Now, you know, play like a Raven um, is always a part of kind of like who I am. Uh, you know, the organizations are so similar, how they're structured, uh, so well up top, uh, all the way down to the coaching staff. Uh, they always put a really good product on the field. And, you know, just, you know, when you're part of a, a team, you know, probably one of the best defenses to ever play in the National Football League in, yep. in, in one year, uh, being a part of that, but being a part of, you know, being here for four years. And I tell them all the time, this, man, if I, was, if I was drafted and younger when I came here, uh, you know, I would more than likely live in the Baltimore area because you know, I love, this, love the area. I love the East Coast. Um, but I love the organization, you know, it's, they just kind of, they just, it's, they remind me so much of what the Steelers, who they are. And, and, you know, so many familiar faces are still there. Uh, even when I was there back in the, you know, uh, the nineties and the early two thousands. So, um, you know, it's, to me, it's always great to be a part of a, a team that is built on family. And, uh, and that's the way the Ravens always make you feel. That's powerful. Rod Woodson is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Rod, it, it, to what you're talking about, every, of course, everybody in Baltimore hates the Steelers, but to your point, there is no doubt the Ravens were trying to replicate the Steelers as far as being a model franchise, and I think we would all agree that they've done that successfully, of course, during their time. Um, I, when you mention all of these names, uh, clearly, I, I feel like before we talk about this year's team, we should spend a second chatting about Tony Saragusa because – as you talk about developing the relationship and laying the foundation, it's not just what you guys did on the field. It's, you know, when you arrived here, there was still sort of some fracture with the Ravens in this city. Like there were still a lot of Colts fans and it was awkward. The idea for some people having stolen a franchise and there was a lot of, of grassroots work that had to be done to say, no, it's okay. You can root for us. We want you. And Tony was such a huge part of that. Can you speak to the role he played in developing a bond between this franchise and this community? Well, I mean, Tony, you know, if anybody ever met Tony, it doesn't matter. You know, I think what, why Tony is so beloved uh, is that, you know, it doesn't matter if he's talking to a 10-year-old yep. or if he's talking to a, corp, you know, a corporate leader, if he's talking to the president of the United States, if he's talking to a head coach, if he's talking to an owner, he talks the same. And, um, and it's, he's always bigger than life. Um, he's always made it fun. You know, he lived life to its fullest. And, you know, one of the things that, not saying that he didn't do it on the field, because when he stepped on the field, he was all, he was, he was all ball. 
And, you know, one of the things that I just remember about him is that, you know, I just remember he, he would he, he would get on uh, Brian Billick because Brian Billick used to wear these little short shorts all the time. I mean, before they <laughs> before they came back in nowadays, now everybody's wearing them now, right? Yeah. Like, the, like the gym teacher short shorts. Yeah, the, or I, I think now they call them the hoochie, da- the hoochie daddy shorts is what they call them. Right, the shorts that we used to wear back in the day. Yeah. Those things are back in. But Brian was wearing them before they became back in. And, I mean, Goose used to get on him and ride him and just talk about him. And most guys would not do that. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I never did it. I never did it to my coaches. You know, I would rag some of my coaches, but not not the head guy on a daily. Um, and that's who Goose was, though. You know, I remember him and I did something with the NSA over in D.C. Uh, a couple years ago. And there was quite a few higher-ups in the military ranks. And Goose is dropping f bombs, <laughs> just like he always does, you know. But he's he, but that made him a hit, and that made him beloved because no matter where he was, no matter you know who he was with, he always spoke the same, and he always acted the same. He was always out there, and he was he kind of you know he he just he, he just he he just loved life. He was full of life. He loved life, and he made you laugh, one way or the other. It could be a bad day. And he's going to get a laugh out of you. And it kind of turned things around for most people. There was no one better to bust your balls. It just it made you feel good, actually, when Tony Saracusa would bust your balls, man. Uh, it was yeah. the best. Rod, so obviously it gets underway tonight with the Ravens playing a preseason game. Give me, at least during the preseason, give me a couple of things that you're most interested in seeing and maybe learning between now and the way Ravens kick things off against the Jets. Well, I, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, what is, you know, most of the starters are not going to play. You know, we, we know that. That's, that's, that's just a National Football League thing now, that there's only three preseason games. Most starters are not going to play in week one. They might play a little bit in week two and probably not at all in week three. Uh, maybe they will a little bit in week three because they do have that extra week. They don't play, you know, that bye week before the regular season starts. But I'm really looking to see, you know, for me is who's going to be that receiving core, like that second receiver. We know that Rashad Bateman is going to be the number one yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, but who's going to, you know, is is Duvernay, is Porsche, are they going to step up? You know, those guys, you know, in their third year, you know, Duvernay only has 53 receptions in his career. Um, you, you think about Porsche, he only has 17 receptions in his career. We, they need a second receiver to step up to the forefront. I mean, uh, we could always say the second and third receivers are going to be, or vice versa, is going to be Mark Andrews, Boyles, likely, you know, but who, you know, who in the receiving core can step up? So if they want to go three receivers, they're gonna, they can put them out there with confidence. And then, you know, the thing about it in, in pro football is Lamar Jackson has to be comfortable throwing the football to you. And if he's not comfortable throwing the football to you, then more likely he's not. I mean, that's just quarterbacks in the National Football League. If they don't really are uncomfortable with you, they're not going to throw you away. So, you know, how can he get comfortable with these guys? I know he's seen them, you know, but then it's it's still what we used to say in the locker room. They still got to play on game day. You still got to come out here and you got to perform. And if you don't perform on game day consistently, it's hard to put that trust in you. I'm with you. And – 
You know, so I, I would really love to see, you know, which one of these guys, if not both of them, and some of these young guys and, you know, Tyler Wallace and, and, Mo, and Jalen Moore, you know, which one of these guys is it Slade Bolton, who the coach spoke really highly of this kid. I mean, he's young, uh, you know, but he they said that, you know, he, he has a great memory. He's kind of like a coach on the field already. So it would be interesting to see which one of these guys step up to the forefront in the passing game that if they want to go three wide, they could do it very comfortably. Rod, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. And, and admittedly, I've said a couple times, I'm I'm concerned. Not not like panicked about it, but I'm concerned just because they they are they lack depth, they lack experience at wide receiver. And I get it. I, I think most of us are expecting that the Ravens are gonna look to replicate the ground success of two thousand nineteen, but you know, at some point they're they're going to need they're going to be in a situation where they need to be able to throw the ball and and score points in a hurry and a lack of experience and a lack of depth those are things that are I I think that it would be unnatural to not be concerned about those things. No, it really is. You know, you know, honestly, I could see this team in a lot of thirteen personnel, which is three tight ends, one receiver, two yep. backs, and. And using because these tight ends can play, and, and Nick Boyle looks, you know, way he looks like the old Nick, right? He, he was he was banged up last year. We know Mark Andrews; that dude is just a beast, you know, just the, one of the best tight ends, one of the best players in the National Football League right now at any position. Um, but I could see them going to thirteen personnel, and depending on what the, you know, what type of defense, if it's a, you know, if if they, the opposing team comes out with three three linebackers that they break out and, and get into a, basically a spread formation with the three tight ends and a receiver. I could see that happening with this football team, just for the fact that these guys, I mean, Mark Andrews, he's a, he's a nightmare matchup yep. for anybody. Uh, they're all tall, right? They're, I mean, you, you know, Andrews 6'5", Boyle 6'4", you know, because when you look, go back to the receiving core, you know, you know, when you look at, Bateman, he's the tallest guy they got. They got well, I mean, the other they've got some other tall guys, but they don't really play. But Bateman six one, and the rest of the guys are about five eleven. So they don't have a lot of height at the receiving core, but at the tight end core, they do. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, uh, I know in my eyes, if I'm looking at this team, that's what I'm thinking. That's going to happen. I, I think that would be their best uh, personnel package. Because they can use, they can they can stay in tight. They can run their package like they always run with their zone reads and RPOs, and then they can spread them out, and they can all play like receivers. And now they're matchup nightmares because if you if you go dying, and you got six DBs on the on the field, yeah, shoot, they just keep they just keep everybody in, and they yep. run it right down your throat. And if you go big with more linebackers and safeties, now they spread you out, and they throw the ball. So I would. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to see uh, when the season starts. Uh, that's why I'm kind of excited to see where they're going. I mean, Greg really wouldn't tell us which way he's going to go. It's inter- but, but Rod, you know what's interesting is we've seen defense become more positionless in recent years, right? Like, we've just sort of seen more guys, the Adelius Thomases of the world, right? Like, the guys that just play anywhere. You, the, in one play, you're a, a safety. In another play, you're a linebacker. Like... And I wonder if what you're alluding to is more of a thought of like making offense go more positionless. Like, yeah, you are a tight end, but really, we're whatever you're whatever we need you to be in this moment. That like that you're trying to envision a positionless type of offense. 
in a way it is. But what it, they do is that they can do, these guys can adapt mm-hmm. because they're big and they're athletic. So they play well in space. You know, the, the difference of the game that I played when I was in the league to the, day, to the game today is that they make you protect the, fifth, the width of the field. I mean, we always had to protect the length of the field with teams, but teams really didn't, you know, use the whole the width of the field, the whole 53 and three-quarters yards width of the field. And now everybody does, so everybody's playing in space. So that's why you see these safeties who play dime. Even though when I played in Pittsburgh, we were always in dime. Mm-hmm. Arnold Lake was that linebacker safety-type mentality that we played with consistently at our dime backer. So I can see – Teams are doing that more often because their better players are safe, these bigger safeties who are, could be linebackers nowadays. And we've seen over the course of the last several years that teams do take safeties and make them, a lot, yep. make them linebackers nowadays. Yep. Because they are in a space and they got to cover running backs out of the backfield. They got to cover tight ends. They got to cover slot receivers. You know, and they move better in space more normally than linebackers do, per se. So uh, I could, yeah, I think that's a good perception that uh, the offense is trying to go uh, positionless, but it still, it still hasn't changed a bunch. Because they're still, you know, when, they're, when they're attached to the core, they're still going to be blockers. Rob, before I let right? you, you, yeah, I, I get it. I, I completely get it. You're still asking them to do more. I understand. Um, but, and before but, I let you go, I just, you know this, and I'm sure you deal with this, especially being associated with the Ravens, the insanity that exists as far as criticism of Lamar Jackson goes um, and people that still continue to ignore what this man has actually done and actually accomplished and continue to say things like he's just a running back or he can't throw or this anonymous defensive coordinator who said if if he's got to throw, they're not going to win the game despite the fact that, you know, We've seen it multiple times. Um, what do you What do you say when when somebody that that you know comes up to you and is like, ah, right, you're working with the Ravens again? Well, they won't win a Super Bowl because Lamar can't do it. What What is? How do you respond to all of the nonsense that he deals with? Well, you know, it's you know, for him, it's you think about how how much success he's had, and there's always been kind of disparaging remarks to quarterbacks of color in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it still is. You know, they, it's, we thought it would go away because, you know, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. You know, uh, Doug Williams won a Super Bowl. We've seen more black quarterbacks uh, play in the National Football League, more quarterbacks of color. But for some reason, there's still a stigma that they're not great players at the position, that they only are scramblers. And it's really sad to see that, you know, Lamar has come in and he's won the vast majority of the games he's played. Uh, and he's a great thrower of the football. Uh, I mean, in the red zone last year alone, I mean, he had 12 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He takes care of the football. He's a smart, heady player. And honestly, this year he looks better because he, he came in a little bit bigger. The ball pops out of his hands. He's been throwing the ball with more zip uh, to his players. I think he looks better, but I think the nonsense that he is only a running quarterback is absolutely ridiculous. Now, I will say, when he runs, yeah, I, man, he's that he's that X button right, on Xbox. Right. That when he hits it, you know where he's going, and and that's why he's so exciting to see, though. But that's why so many people love him because he can do both and he does them well. And the one thing I love about him 
is that he really believes in who he is as a player, right? Like, you know, that's – I mean, when you get to the contract situation, that's the reason this hasn't been signed because he really believes in who he is. And what I love about him is that he's a, he's a quiet leader that speaks up when he has to. Uh, the other day in practice, he made two of the players jump, who jumped offside, he made them run. <laughs> And I've never seen it. I've never seen him do that before. <laughs> I just think the growth that he has is crazy, and having the activity around the league and, and, and these people who are supposed to be, you know, quiet gurus is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, by the way, I, I did not. I had not heard that. That's awesome. I love everything about that. The other thing, it's so funny what you're saying because, of course, it's not just that he's a running quarterback, but it's equally insane when someone says he has to stop running. Like, imagine have imagine saying to somebody who's unbelievably good at something, "Don't do that. Stop doing that." Like, my God, it's what makes him so incredible. You know, it's it's infuriating as you can understand Rod talking about him. Uh, uh, Rod, really excited to have you back, man. Um, gonna be looking forward to. Uh, to Tonight and seeing you on WBAL and throughout the season on BAL and 98 Rock. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. We'd love to do it again down the road. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer, uh, Ravens Super Bowl champion. I hear he played for another franchise, but uh, we just try to pretend like that never occurred. Uh, that's the way that it goes. Today's show brought to you by Your Neighborhood Glory Days Grill. If you haven't tried the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, you're insane. Maybe I'll talk Adam into going over there after the show today because I wouldn't mind having some more. I'm telling you, you will lick the bowl afterwards. It's that good. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. The summer seasonal menu with the South Carolina barbecue chicken, the Cracker Jack Sunday, the lobster roll with the grilled corn. It ain't going to last forever, much like the summer. It's not going to last forever. So you want to get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill today in order to take advantage of it. Um, Griffin, do you think that Cade Povich would be okay with moving to later in the show? Yes, I think so. Okay, because Adam, so. Adam yeah. Paul's here, yeah. so I figure why don't we have him come in and yeah. hang out, and then we can maybe catch up with Cade a little bit later on in the program. That would be a fantastic. Is that all right? Yeah, that, that, that works. All right, all right. Very it's okay good. with me, at least. Well, double check. Make sure it's all right with him. Uh, and then we'll do it that way, if that's the case, because Adam Paul, our buddy from the Bowie Bay Sox, and a man who's been in the Orioles system for a very long time, uh, he is here in studio with us, and we're going to hang out with him next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right, so you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. 
These are the final days for you to pick up the very special Salute to Coaches issue of Press Box with John Harbaugh on the cover and eight other area high school, college, and pro coaches recognized inside with amazing stories told by the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most. You can find the Salute to Coaches issue for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always read every Press Box print issue at PressBoxOnline.com and coming soon, our football preview issue, which features Ravens tight end Mark. Andrews on the cover and profiles of players from Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR, and uh, we are going to move Kate Povich. She will join us before uh, the Sorry, show Kate. is up. Yeah, right? What a jerk you are, Adam Paul. <laughs> Am is, I pulling rank here? You know, dirty is that what dirty I'm little doing? secret. We pre-recorded that interview, so <laughs> we can just move it. Okay, Kate's, We can air it whenever gonna we be, want. It. He's yeah. going to be okay. It'll be just all right with joining us <laughs> later on in the program. Uh, Adam Paul is here. Um, Adam has been a friend of mine for a very long time. I was I was trying to do the math the other day. How many years have you been in the Orioles system? So my first year, I, I like throwing out the names because I think that makes people feel yeah. like it's even longer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My first Orioles minor league team was a single A baseball team that had Brad Bergeson, okay. Jason Birkin, okay. and David Hernandez. All on. right. So yeah, that's going <laughs> back away. That my, goes my back away. My second team was Matt Wieters and Jake Arrieta. So, so there you go. So you, I, I thought, and by the way, when we were when we were doing the guess the math the other day, I said I think it's been about fifteen years. Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought it had right, been. Right on the number. Because I came back to Baltimore in 08 and I was like, well, I've been working with Adam since I've been back in Baltimore. Right? So that would be that math. Um, good to see you. You're still involved. Yes. With the Bowie Bay Sox. Yes. Um, you still, how many games do you, do you do most of the games, all the games? No, well, you know, I don't travel with the team right. anymore, so there is kind of a new main lead broadcaster, Matt Sabatis. Yep. He's doing a great job, and then I come and sit in with him. I'm like the broadcaster emeritus for, you know, half or majority of the home games. So, so that's the role. The role is home games. Yes. You'll be there hanging out. Uh, which my kids always appreciated because they like to come over and ride the carousel. Oh my goodness, it is a great, it is a great it's, time. It's an awesome, awesome setting. Um, I got a, a bunch of stuff I want to do with you hanging out in studio this morning, but give me your perspective on how this, at the top level, has sure. happened. 
because you've seen all these guys. These are overwhelmingly guys that have come through the system. Not all of them, of course. Rugnado Dor did not. There are Jordan Lyles did not. But these are a lot of guys that came through the system. And this makes no sense. <laughs> I know. This was not supposed to happen. No, it was not. What is your perspective on how this has happened? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, and a lot of it, it has to come with a realization that a lot of the changes that Michael Elias has made in the organization have not really come to fruition yet mm-hmm. at the major league level. One of the main things that Michael Elias has changed is the Orioles' activity in the Latin American teenage you know signing young latin american player market yep the orioles have never brought a venezuelan player through their system and reached the major leagues eduardo rodriguez was going to be the first and then he got traded and he so, hey he worked out he worked out just not here just not and in fairness uh, andrew miller worked out too but it is what it is it is what it is so when you look that that's a big piece uh, of the future puzzle when you look at a lot of the guys that have made the growth and this big spike forward uh this year and even leading up to this year because i would put trey mancini on that list you know you've got guys like mancini may uh hayes mountcastle mullins those are all from the last regime yep dl hall grayson rodriguez maybe the two most important pieces of the orioles going from being you know now a pretty good team to being a really good team are from the past regime as far as when they were drafted so it is very very interesting uh to to see how this has come together but but um i, I really think it's twofold number one would be that the way the Orioles were set up in the majority of my career in the Orioles uh, organization working in minor league baseball just was not a way in which you could win for very long at all. And I think it's remarkable what Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter did. Uh, They weren't really always on the same page together. There's a lot of talk about that. But I think it was more of the structure they weren't trained to get Latin players. They At that time, scouting was everything as far as getting good players. The Orioles had the fewest scouts by far in the American League East. You know, you'd look in the media guide, the, the Orioles had 30 scouts and the Blue Jays had like 80. Right, right, you know? right. So we weren't investing in trying to find great young players. Uh, the Orioles uh, did not have the ability to compete in the free agent market. So when you look at all of these ways to bring in talent, they were substandard in every single way. The only thing that was happening was that they were getting a top five draft choice almost every year. Which, by the way, helps. It helps. Like, it does help. And, of course, they got guys like Matt Wieters and Manny Machado yeah. in that way. But a lot of the pitchers they signed, the Brian Mattises, the Matt Hobgoods, you know. The, the, Alas, right, yes. Dylan Bundy's uh, here. I mean, they didn't become the top number one, number two starter that the Orioles needed you know, to take that next step. What, what the Elias regime now is trying to do do is create a consistent pipeline of young players coming through and and have that always looking in the long term you know to to be the way to be consistently good and it's remarkable that without latin players are 40 percent of baseball and without many big time latin prospects of course felix or batista's unbelievable unbelievable unbelievable. but but without you know, if you look at other systems, half of their top prospects are Latin players. Yep. And if you look at the Orioles system, it's nobody. None, none of their top Not prospects. Yet. Not yet. Correct. But Not they're the yet. number one 
minor league system, having graduated the number one player, mm-hmm. usually, like, look at what the Mariners just did. They graduated right. a bevy of top prospects. Take they a made huge trades, step back, yes. And now they're, they're right, right back at the bottom of, of the minor league listings. The Orioles are still number one. They have graduated the number one prospect, and they don't have the Latin pipeline going yet. It, it's just remarkable. I, you would not have expected them to be able to achieve this uh, at this time. So it's really, really, really special. Let's talk about what's there, and then yeah. we're gonna the guys that are there. Then we're gonna talk about what's still to come. Right? Sure, sure. So obviously, the biggest thing that's changed during the course of this season is the arrival of Adley Rutschman. Correct. And the fact that Adley Rutschman is somehow, some way, might have actually been underhyped, which is insane because he's the most hyped player in the history of the franchise. <laughs> um, this is bonkers what this guy is doing and every we're watching it happen right in front of our eyes like he's becoming exactly the player everybody said he was going to be um not the power yet but you see with the doubles that the power can come like sure. that could be next he's getting on base a guaranteed two times a night it's it's insane he has a command of knowing when to swing unlike anything we've seen before you you is such a difficult at bat for every pitcher that faces him. Sure. Um, oh, and by the way, it looks like he's figured out how to handle the pitching staff, and he's got the fastest pop time in all of baseball. It's it's bonkers. When you saw him there, was your first thought like, "Oh my God, this kid is everything that they said he was"? Did you have any apprehension about all of the? I mean, we were painting it like this kid had to be an amalgamation of Pudge Rodriguez and Mike Piazza, or else <laughs> we're going to be disappointed by him. And again, I don't know that he'll ever have Mike Piazza's power, but Christ, if he's the everything else, he's going to be just fine. Did you know he's everything people said he was, or did you have concerns? You know, the funny thing is Matt Wieters was uh, a far more dominant minor league player than Matt, than Adley Rutschman was at the same age. Uh, and, of course, Wieters is similar in the Rutschman mold because there's only been five or six guys that have been drafted as a catcher in the top five mm-hmm. in the major league draft in the last 20 years, but most of them have been really good players like Joe Maurer and Buster Posey. And, and it looks like Rutschman is turning into, you know, hopefully a Posey-type player, right? I, I think... It's been incredible to see uh, Baltimore as a fan base embrace a new way of analytical thinking because Rutschman, a lot of what he's doing is what we see in the new age of baseball. Mm-hmm. He's hitting 250. Mm-hmm. He's not hitting for, he's not hitting home. But in fairness, he's hitting, like if you take away those first couple of weeks, Correct. he's hitting far oh, no closer to 300 at that but point. Like, yeah. But there, most people are saying, oh my God, this guy's the best catcher in baseball. Yes. And by the old school stats, you know, he's... Yeah, if you only purely looked at... Right, right? yeah, I right? get it. I get it. You know, where Weeders was hitting 350 in, in AA and, and everything like that. So that's what stood out to me with Rutschman was like, oh my God, this guy... I mean, the leadership is apparent. I mean, uh, and it's going to be beloved by Oriole fans, you know, for the long time. Dude, the way, the the hugging after, it's just, it's it's a ten and a half. (laughs) It makes you want to go hug your friends, you know? It's amazing. It's a ten and a half. The the ability defensively, the athleticism, he stood out even immediately as just an amazing, because he's a big catcher. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the tall catchers have a tougher time getting the ball to second so quickly. But the thing that stood out to me was like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't swing. <laughs> like, he's going up there. You got to work. And there's like, there, you know, once a night he doesn't even swing. He might swing once, 
in seven pitches and then he walks to first base. It, it was really, really remarkable. I think the thing that Rutschman has really improved upon since his time with the Bay Sox is in trying to handle velocity. And that's why his power has gone down a little bit. I think he's really shortened up his swing, which I think is a good thing. Yep. But he was really struggling in Bowie with guys that threw 95, and he was dominating guys that threw 90. Okay. And and, um, and hitting a ton of homers. So the home runs are down a little bit, but I think that that's not a bad thing, uh, you know, in the short term because he's got to get to the ball more quickly. And I think that, that another thing, like a, like a guy like Mancini as Rutschman, has shown the ability to really dissect his negatives and get better at them. I think he showed it at Oregon State when he hit like 220 mm-hmm. in his first year and then said, okay, I'm, I'm going to put everything into baseball and then was the best college player in a decade. Yep. Yeah, so incredibly exciting. And and the defense is so important at the catching position. Adam Pohl is in studio with us, of course, play-by-play guy for the Bay Sox. Um, Cedric Mullen's story yeah. is one of the most impossible stories <laughs> And, and I was saying this the other day. We were having a conversation about him. And I worry that because the standard last year was so high sure. that what we're missing this year is he's actually legitimately backing it up. Because I worry that we're yeah, judging yeah. him by last year's standard. How which many is, homers does he have this year? Is it around 10? It's it's more than 10, but it's not a yeah, lot it's not 30. Than, right. right. Oh, it's sure as hell not 30. But he's still got stolen bases. He's I think he's going to get the 30 stolen bases again Correct. this season. And what we're really seeing is the range in center field, Amazing. which has, I think, completely changed. We try to actually define what the Orioles have done outside of saying, the you know, like, well, they've learned how to win. And the stuff that you, when you're trying to find tangible definitions to explain how good the Orioles are, of course you can point out the bullpen. Of course you can point out the arrival of Adley Rutschman. But the outfield defense is the one <laughs> that I – It's so good. It's, it's insane. And the play like that he made the other night, which he didn't even break a sweat – in making a run from his shading to, to right center field, balls blasted to deep left center field, and the ease with which he covered that ground. I get it. He does not have the best arm in baseball. I understand sure. why people have argued that ultimately he should be, be he'd be better off at a corner outfield spot. But that range, and it's not like he can't throw. We saw the throw to first base earlier in the season, which was incredible. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the greatest arm we've ever seen from an outfielder, but his range is so dynamic. And adds so much to why I think it's helped improve the pitching that, unfortunately, again, by the way, it's not even 10, it's nine home runs for Cedric Mullins this season. I think we're missing the fact that he is legitimately backing up that he is a high-level major league player after we had, frankly, completely written him off a few years ago. I know, isn't that amazing? Um, so it is a it is a story in development, and, and almost every player hits a wall at some level of the minor leagues, or even early in the major leagues, and they've got to figure out, you know, how to get over that wall. And Mullins is a great example of that. I mean, you know, he was Buck Showalter loved Cedric mm-hmm. Mullins. He would talk about him in spring training. He had that one spring training where he led the Orioles yep, and that's homers, right. and he was literally in low A. I mean, he was coming off of a year in Delmarva. So he, I, I think, though, that if you look, everybody's watched him play so much so now, you kind of understand the kind of player he is. It's interesting to me, and Brandon Hyde spoke to it a few days ago, that when you put Hayes and Mullins together in the outfield, 
And then you've got Mateo at short, who's just been unbelievable defensively. And now you add Rutschman. Remember what happened when the Orioles added Machado in at third in 2012, and the team just completely changed. And it was mostly his defense. Yep. You just put Machado at third and Hardy at short, and it's like, oh, nobody, nobody can hit a ground ball into the field anymore. And I feel like that's happening in Baltimore right now. Um, it's interesting how, even though things are so different, the way they're winning is so similar to how they won in the Showalter era with defense and a great bullpen. The bullpen is stunning to everybody. It's a fact. But the defense is really, really good. I mean, Rutschman is an outstanding catcher. Mateo is, by these new metrics, maybe one of the best shortstops in baseball. And you've got another one of the minors coming that is in the same ilk, I think. And we're, then We'll get to those guys. Yeah, we're going to get to those then, guys. And then uh, Hayes and Mullins are outstanding. So let's talk a, a little bit about the pitchers because these, for the most part, are not guys that we thought were part of the plan. Sure. Right? Um, I, I, Dean Kramer as a story is a, is is a great story. I, I don't know whether he's a major league pitcher or not. For a few starts, it looked like he was a really good major league pitcher. Then sure. for a few starts, it looked like he might not be the guy. He was great again last Friday. Uh, he's going to pitch tonight. Kyle Bradish is the one that's really interesting because as you try to figure out who could be part of the solution yeah. long term, Bradish is the guy that you look at and say, maybe, maybe he could be a guy. And and you see it in chunks. The other night, you know, he really was great. Then you have games like the game in Texas last week where he threw like 100 pitches in the first two innings <laughs> and was, was barely able to get by. And I get it. He's still very young in his career and these things happen. Sure. What do you see in Kyle Bradish? Just a great arm, you know, and he's got his delivery is so right over the top. It's it's it, that's the thing that stands out to me. It's almost like you should have like like a wrestler's ear. Okay, from his arm hitting his ear, the cauliflower pitch, ear yeah, type. Cauli- yeah, right. He should have a cauliflower ear on the on his right ear. But I, I think Bradish has got the elite fastball, right? I mean, he's a guy that can throw that heater 97, 98. He when he made his starts in Double A, that fastball was enough. So sometimes I think stuff can uh, hurt development in the minors uh, because you're just so overpowering. So I think Bradish was a little bit of that. It's almost like his fastball was too good. I just think he throws the ball in the middle of the plate too often. I mean, that might be a, a little bit too general of a... I mean, you know, no, I understand what you're saying. It, you, you know, he's, he's you've got to, you've strikes, got to learn to make... He's got right. to throw better strikes. Correct. And, and I think that he, he's got to take taste the pain a little bit in the major leagues to, to so kind of develop that. It's an that. interesting thing, too, because I was one thing we didn't really talk about, but we kind of alluded to with Adley Rutschman is the pitch framing, right? Which right. is, which is uh, I hate the fact that that's a thing that we've got to credit catchers for. But it is. Caleb Joseph was, like, amazing at 100%. That. And Adley Rutschman's already one of the best catchers in all of baseball right. in terms of pitch framing. And you wonder if more working with Adley Rutschman makes you trust throwing balls to certain spots hey let me throw it to this place because i think i got a better chance of it being called a strike true. i mean obviously bradish worked with rutschman at almost every level that's a of fair the point minors. that's a fair uh, point but, but you're right i just think he's going he just is not going to be able to get away with it as much so i think that working with rutschman in that regard and understanding uh that I just think it's going to come with time and refinement. With Kramer, the thing I love about Kramer is, man, he is, it's his attitude. I mean, I, I haven't been able to get to know the guys now, not being full-time as much as then. Dean's a kind of a surly guy. I mean, he, he's, he's, uh, he's there at the ballpark 
you don't see him smiling very often. Really? I mean, he's there to, you know, to dominate. And he's got that mindset. If there's a player that had a similar mindset to to to, <laughs> to Kramer from my time in the Orioles all these years, it would be Jake Arrieta. Okay. You know? And Arietta was a very aggressive guy. And Arietta was in single A, uh, frustrated that he wasn't in the majors. Like, hmm. like hmm. thinking that, you know, and then when he went to the majors, he struggled. And, and it took some time. I don't think Kramer has Arietta's talent. He's not going to be a you know, right, Cy Young right, Award correct. winner. But I, I do think... His belief in himself, uh, he's going to go after you. I mean, Keegan Aiken's a little bit like that, too. Like, they're the kind of guys that could throw a fastball and it gets hit 500 feet, and they just think that the next time the guy's up, I'm going to throw the same pitch right by you. Wow. You know, like, and uh, like we talk about football, he's kind of got like a corner, a good cornerback's mentality. I like that. I like everything about it. All right. Adam Pohl's with us in the studio. Let's talk a little bit about the guys that are coming. Yes. All right. You alluded to Gunner, Gunner Henderson a second ago. New number one prospect in all of baseball, according to Baseball America. I have to tell you, I was not alluding to Gunner. Oh, Westberg. Yeah, so, so, no. So, we got to talk about that. Oh, see, this is the depth that they have now in the <laughs> infield. So, uh, this is the the eternal question with Gunner Henderson, of course, is sure. because this has continued at every level. Him playing multiple positions is when you watch Gunner Henderson, you say, I think he's a major league what? Ooh, it's a good question. I do think he's a really good athlete. So he, so when Gunner got drafted and he was hitting really well, I, I, I thought a lot about Ryan Mountcastle because they were drafted in a very similar part of the draft, same age, uh, same part of the country. But there's a danger there because like it seemed like everybody was in agreement that Ryan Mountcastle couldn't play short. Like, oh my goodness! It, well, it he did, he's like, got no arm. Right. Immediately, right. everyone said. And, and Mountcastle isn't a terrible athlete, but um, but yeah, it, it was immediately clear, even though he wasn't playing any first base, right? When, that he was a first baseman, right? Because you know he's extremely coordinated. He can field, but he just can't throw, right? But Gunnar Henderson just was a much much better athlete than I expected. He can really really run, and he's got that plate discipline gene that that stands out like like Rutschman. I mean, he's going to swing at more pitches probably, but he walks a lot. That's going to be something you're going to see from a lot of these players. He's young, so when we saw him, he wasn't hitting for like crazy power, but he's so young. So the thing that he did this offseason, it stood out to me in in his preseason press presser was he talked about working this offseason and, and he worked on hitting this high pitch, that he was popping up the high pitch. People are trying to get you with a high fastball all the time. And uh, I, I'd be interested in looking at advanced metrics to see, see if that's, if that's yeah. what he's been able to do. Is all of a sudden his ability to, to hit that high pitch for a line drive base hit late in the count, that two-strike fastball that's a little bit above the belt at 95 that everybody goes down swinging at in today's day. I, I think that Gunner is probably you know, taking that pitch and doing damage or at least fighting it off and living to see another pitch. He's having an incredible, incredible year. But is he a shortstop at the major league level? Well, I I think it's possible. I don't think he'll be like this elite defensive shortstop, but he's incredibly athletic. So I think that, um, yeah, my guess is that he's going to be uh, a third baseman, mm-hmm. if, if I had to guess. It was really interesting. We had J.J. Cooper, the editor-in-chief of Baseball America, on yesterday. And I, I said, is part of evaluating him as the number one prospect in baseball, like, does he have to be a shortstop in order to be that guy, right? Correct. 
And his answer was no. He's just as valuable to me if he plays third base. He's like, I think he, to your point, he said, I think he can be a shortstop at the major league level. But if he's a third baseman, I still think he's that, like, because he's that quality of a defensive third baseman. Correct. To go along with that bat. It, it's irrelevant whether he's a shortstop or a third baseman, which is fascinating to me because I would have immediately thought that part of what makes you the number one prospect is the ability. That if you're going to be a shortstop, we just all know the the significance of the position um, that that would make you that guy. That he said, no, he's to me, he's that he's that good and that valuable that even if immediately on day one he moves to third base at the major league level we still would have had him as our number one prospect. I was like, wow, that's a strong statement. That is a strong statement. And and I'll put it this way too. Like five years ago in double A, when Mullins and Hayes were together, they would flip flop, right? So Hayes would half the time be in center field uh, and Mullins would be Mm -hmm. the right or left fielder. And that was for development reasons. Yep. And when you watched Hayes play in center, oh my God, he was amazing. He's diving, making these diving catches. His arm is unbelievable. But you realize that Mullins has better range. He's so smooth. And that, uh, you know, Hayes would be a dominant defensive right fielder. I'd put Henderson in the same regard. I mean, when Machado came up, he never played a game at third base in the minors. But you had a great defensive shortstop in Hardy. And when you put Machado at third, his range made him a spectacular third baseman. A game changer. Henderson does not have Machado's arm, but the range is going to be for a third baseman uh, outstanding. I, I think that that could make him an elite player in the major leagues if he's at third. You and I are talking on uh, August 11th, 2025. Yeah, yes. All right. You're here in studio with us on that date. The Orioles infield at that point looks like what? Okay, so I'll, I'll go out on a limb and uh, I, I don't, the arbitration matters, mm-hmm. but I think that over time uh, when the major league, usually what happens when a major league team goes from being bad to good mm-hmm. is that you take the minor leaguers and you trade them for pieces to move around the Tends major leaguers. to be leaguers. the case, yes. I don't think that's going to happen here. And I think it's going to shock Oriole fans. I don't think they're going to be happy about it. But I do think that when these players start making real money, uh, the Mountcastles, the Hayes, and the Mullins, that they're going to potentially be trade pieces for pitching to come in because you've got this cadre of young players that more fit the Elias mold. And the Elias mold is power and plate discipline. So a big problem with Hayes, Mountcastle, and Mullins is that they don't walk. Mm -hmm. They are all guys that are either at or below the average for on-base percentage. And when you look at Rutschman, obviously, or or Taron Vavra, Mm -hmm. there's another example. Even players that you wouldn't think of as big-time major leaguers in the minors are guys that are walking the Bay Sox had the worst record in the eastern league in the first half of this and year. all of a sudden you La- can't beat them in the largely <laughs> due to a COVID outbreak early yeah. in the first half but they were leading the league in OPS in the in, you know, or in on-base percentage uh in on-base yeah, percentage, specific on-base. right so so like so so this is a prevalent theme. So I do think it's going to be a bevy of new players. My guess on the infield would be, will Mountcastle still be here in 25? Right. Because obviously he is not a great swing decision player. He swings at everything. Well, and the other thing, too, that we have to, like, promising someone first base is Correct. a very, you have to be a special Jose Abreu type of, be- I like Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. I think he's a nice baseball player. But promising someone every day at bats at first base, if they're not, a Frank Thomas, a Jeff Bagwell, 
first base is the position that you have. Correct. For for somebody that doesn't have a position. But right? it's also interesting because like there isn't somebody to take first there base. There isn't right an obvious choice, system. yes. So when the Orioles gave all that money to Chris Davis, one of the things that frustrated me being in the minors was that you had Christian Walker, a Mm-hmm. A longtime major league first baseman mm-hmm. at AAA, and Trey Mancini, a longtime major league first baseman at AA. So, like, they were ready at that moment to replace him internally, and then they gave him all that money. They couldn't pay any pitching, you know, they, and everything yep. fell apart. You have to understand your system. So, I, I think my big surprise uh, is that right now, rated between 20 and 30th in, in the Orioles organization, is a shortstop named Joey Ortiz. Mm-hmm. And I think thought of to be a glove, but not a great bat. Correct. That's the kind of consensus about Joey Ortiz. He's a hell of a shortstop. Can he hit enough to be a major leaguer? Correct. I just think, and I and I might be wrong in this because who knows, but I, I think that Ortiz could be one of the top five defensive shortstops in the major leagues. I think he's that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. He's just an unbelievable defensive player, and you just don't get to see that or hear about that about minor league ball players uh i think if you put gunner henderson at third or tease at short you know a westberg at set you know whoever at second you know westberg could be the first baseman I, who knows mm-hmm. you know um but, I, I but think, a scenario would be westberg at second henderson at third Ortiz at short. Right. So Ortiz is hitting 240 in the major leagues, walking, you know, a bunch. So he's yep. an average on base percentage. He's one of the top five, uh, you know, shortstops in baseball. So when a Mateo no, starts you can, to make if money. It's a, if I mean, he's a 240, 250 hitter, like, you can justify it. Yes. Correct. I mean, correct. he doesn't need to be, you know, this great hitter. You have to have I, offensive production coming from other places, but that's the idea is that Gunnar Henderson can provide some of that offense. Exactly. And you're hoping some of the outfielders that are coming – Colton Kowser, of course, correct. and you know even a Kerstad, yeah, correct. Who's obviously you know looked pretty good since he's been able to get back on the field. He's clearly behind a little bit, but and there were some other exciting infielders too. I just think that Ortiz is the one that nobody realizes yet is major league starter quality good. And it might be to the fact that if Gunnar Henderson comes up and plays a great shortstop, that Ortiz is a guy you trade, but you know to try to get something. But I, I just feel like. He could be this diamond in the rough. I, look, I you know the glove is clear. The glove is there is no debate whatsoever about correct. The glove. But I don't even think people realize how good the glove. That's is. probably true. You're I mean, probably you're probably right about it's that. It's just if you came and watched three Bay Sox games in a row, you know it would jump out to you okay. big time. You'd be like, whoa, okay, this guy's di- it's different. He looks like an outstanding major league shortstop right now. And then the pitchers, yeah. Grayson and DL obviously at the top of the list. There are Grayson. There is consensus. This guy is a top of the rotation major league pitcher. Yes. The stuff yes. is overwhelming. DL Hall. There's not the same consensus. Correct. There are people that think he can be. There's a lot of people that think he's a bullpen arm. Like ultimately, oh, in he, fact, he could be. JJ yeah. Cooper said yesterday, I think he could be Josh. I think he's Josh he's Hader. Hader. He right. could be Hader. Right. It would be unbelievable. But that would be very disappointing to a lot of Orioles fans who have penciled in D.L. Hall as part of the solution moving forward. On the air, as to your point, sure. why, why it is you're talking about trading for pitchers, the place where they lack the most depth within the system is believed to be starting pitching. Oh, it's undoubted. Because they haven't dra- they haven't used the early draft picks Correct. on pitching. They just haven't done that. They've drafted bat and bat and bat and bat and bat with pitchers coming later on in the draft. 
So when you see D.L. Hall, what do you see? I, I just, I see a unicorn. I mean, like, I've never seen anybody like him before. And you see, if you watch baseball every night, I mean, how many pitchers have, do you see? I mean, this dude's a lefty, and, like, he's just, nobody, one of the problems with D.L. Hall is that nobody can hit a fair ball against him for the most part. So he just has to throw so many pitches. And it, he's like, like the Rob Deere of pitching, right? Like, like back in the day, like, you know, the, the classic now home, home run, run strikeout. Strike yeah, uh-huh. He's like that of pitching. I mean, because he just, I mean, he is electric. He's electric and he's got an electric personality too, which is exciting. He pitches with a lot of fire. So he's a lot of fun to watch where Grayson Rodriguez has a lot of fire too, but he really holds it in. He's very stoic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's no doubt that Grayson Rodriguez is a better prospect because of uh, where he is, uh, cons- his consistency. Um, but there, but boy, DL Hall is, is, you know, he could be Blake Snell, you know, uh, but he could be Josh Hader. But I think either of those are a major win. There's no doubt that both of those things are really good, <laughs> right? There's no doubt. But yeah. in trying to do the math for the next, sure. I, 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 especially after the way things have gone this year, Orioles fans are doing their math for the oh, next two years. No doubt. Right? And think, go back in time, right? The Orioles had this great run, 2012, 14, mm-hmm. 16, five years, best record in the American League. But while that was happening, one of their prized young prospects was one of the three best pitchers in baseball. Correct. Not on the Orioles. That's correct. And if Jake Arrieta was doing what he was doing for the Cubs, for the Orioles. Yes, what would the Orioles have been? None. I mean, really, what would the Orioles have been? Might have been able to overcome some of the injuries in 14. I mean, it always would have been tough. That was just it was so, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't like thinking about 14 because know, it's the eternal you, what if. If you ran Arietta, Tillman, yes. I hear you. You know, Wayne Chen and Gonzalez. I mean, exactly. Like Maybe Gosman was yep. a long reliever with Miller. I mean, it, 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 they could have won the World Series. So this is the big, this is the big thing. There aren't pitchers in the system. Uh, or pitchers that you can trade for that have the talent of Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. They aren't. So if if Grayson gets hurt and D.L. becomes a bullpen arm, you know, the next five years, you're probably not inviting anybody to the parade. Correct. But if they are a one-two nasty starting combo, I don't know if we're talking DeGrom Scherzer right, right. now, but if they're a one-two you know, combo – Obviously, the sky's the limit, and it's pretty clear the Orioles are going to give DL Hall the opportunity. They're not going to. He's got it. They're not going to identify and say he's going to the bullpen. It's pretty clear they're going to give him the opportunity to become that top of the rotation type of pitcher. It's just a question of whether, or no not, doubt. And the know. best bullpen arms are starters in the minors. Jim Johnson, no, hundred percent. Chris Ray, right. Right. Uh, Zach Britton, right. You know, I, I really am excited about some of these under the radar arms in Bowie right now. Two guys, Ryan Watson, okay. and uh, Arm Brewster. Justin Armbruster. Just had him on the show yesterday. And, and those are two guys that kind of look like, like Baker, yeah. Crabill. Okay. You know, like like you know, these guys could be pieces for a few years in the major leagues for the Orioles in the bullpen. Uh, having a great bullpen is is so important. And uh, but boy, to win in the playoffs, you need to have the studs at the top no of the doubt. rotation. Before we hit our break, give me two other names. Give yes. me I mean, obviously Colton Kowser right now. I mean, guys that are at Bowie, right? Obviously, everybody knows about Colton Kowser. It's nuts. There's a lot of reason to be excited about him. But give me two other guys, two other names that people should be more familiar with. To your point, 
What is their record in the second half? It's like 20, <laughs> it's, it's 26 and 8 or something like that. Yeah, it's I mean, nuts. They, they, they've really been spectacular, and a lot of it has been offensively. I mean, it so, really has been So give been me great. two other guys that you say, this guy might not be on your radar yet, right? But be aware of who this person is because they, they might be part of the story for this thing in the next five years. Okay, that's a good question. Well, uh, Norby, Connor Norby yeah. is a second baseman, second round pick. And Norby is a big. Is he power really guy. a second baseman, or just yes. a power hitter? Second okay. baseman. All right. Yeah, but I, I have haven't really seen a ton of him defensively that would you know think make you think one way or the other. But Norby's, I mean, he's just got big time power. And and then the second, of course, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen much of him three games, but I'm intrigued by this uh, corner outfielder, John Rhodes, as well. He's a third-round okay. pick, 2021, all ready to buoy. He was a young draftee, so he's 21 years old. Uh, these 2021 draftees that are already in Bowie, I think all have a chance. And the four of them are Kowser, Norby, Rhodes, and Arm Brewster. I like that list. I like that list. All right. Can, uh, I, can I ask about one more guy? Yes. Uh, Zach Peak. I know he just got yes. surgery, but can I, can I stay yes. excited about him? Uh, oh, definitely. Okay. You know, Peak would fall in that, I think, in that potential uh, long relief mode down the road. I, I told you know you guys had him on and talked yep. about Darth Vader and yeah. then he got hurt. I loved that was it. a bummer. I know, that was but a I, great I loved his. I just loved. Love them, dude. I loved everything them. about that. Um, I like Zach. I, I really do like Zach. I like yes. that guy a lot. Um, so here's the deal. All right, are you? Can you hang for a minute? I can hang. Yes. Okay. Our friends from Glory Days Grill actually brought us some food. Danger. So that's a good thing. But I'm gonna let them come in and tell us about it for just a minute, and then you're gonna come back, and we're gonna. I want to do. I want to have some fun with you. We're gonna talk about it all. I don't know if you saw this earlier on Twitter today. I want to do definitive power rankings. Yes. Of the best promotions oh, in baseball. Oh, can't wait. And I don't even. As like I said, I don't necessarily can't mean wait. the one-off. Like, because you guys have done some crazy things over the years. I'm not even necessarily saying that. Just the generic, like the best. The best day at the ballpark is bobblehead day. The best day right, at the ballpark right. is. Whatever day but we, it is, but, but I used to run promotions for I, the Frederick Keys, and we had some. Well, crazy, I know you guys had some. We crazy had some crazy ones, ones yeah. we should I, talk about. I know you had some crazy <laughs> ones, but I wanted to do definitive power rankings of the yes. best promotions in baseball, the things that are most likely to get you to go to a game besides the team being good and the players being excited. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Adam Pohl is here from the Bowie Bay Sox. He's hanging out with us. If you haven't picked up the print issue of Press Box, these are your final days to do it. It's got John Harbaugh on the cover. It's a salute to coaches issue, as we recognize. Awesome. A lot of the coaches in the area. John Harbaugh, 15 years, which just doesn't happen in Amazing. the NFL anymore. Amazing. Really I mean, we're going to have a manager of the year in baseball this year. I mean, we better. Man. I mean, my God. I mean, are you kidding me? And, and – uh, I mean, Harbaugh is just no, yes. elite. It's John Harbaugh, right? It's John Harbaugh. And a lot of other coaches from the area who also either approach milestones or surpass milestones recently, like Kenny and Matalolo down at Navy, also yes. 15 years. Amazing. Just hard to believe, and that makes me feel a bit old. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, Pete Cringy at UMBC, mm -hmm. Sasha Sorowski, Missy Maharg from Maryland, uh, Pat Clatchy from Mount St. Joe, um, uh, and then Kendall Pease from Poly, and then a couple coaches who retired recently, Lou Eckerl from Calvert Hall, and um, Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins. All recognized inside this issue. Great stories from the athletes whose lives they impacted the most. But these are your final days to get this very special issue of Press Box. Glenn did that without notes, by the way. That was amazing. Yeah, but that's why I struggled. <laughs> I'd be better off having it in front of me. I've got a whole binder that's got the reads in it, but I try to do it more organically than that. And then I'm like, ah, the you other one it. is. Yeah, you did I it. got there. 
Uh, final day is to get it, and then our football preview issue hit stands next week with Mark Andrews on the cover, obviously, as he has broken out as a true star in the NFL. So uh, that'll be on the way. Final day is for this one, then that one's coming. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms. Adam Poles here. We're getting some food from Glory Days, then we're talking promotions. Got a lot going on. Cade Povich is still going to join us before we wrap up. On Sorry, Cade. Yeah, right, you jerk. It's a Thursday edition <laughs> of Glenn Clark Radio. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. Adam Paul's going to rejoin us in a second, um, but <clears throat> this is far more important than that. No offense, Adam. This is more important. I have food. Uh, Tim Diggs. 
from uh, Glory Days Grill, right literally a stone's throw from our studio. This is the best part about moving here. And I said I was going to be a regular, and I've, <clears throat> I've backed those words up since I've arrived. Tim, if you can get right up on that microphone for me, sir. It's great to see you. Thank you for coming in studio with us. Oh, awesome to be here. And no offense. You, you, like, we're saying you're the guest, but really the guest is the food that you brought us. <laughs> like, that's the, <laughs> that's the way that it goes. Um, first of all, how long have you been with Glory Days? been with Glory Days for about three years now. And we have been over there. Uh, of course, Drew Forrester and I have done our coat drive, the Benefit Helping Up mission. And every year that we have done it, Glory Days has graciously uh, hosted an event for us to come over and collect coats and clothes. And that has meant the world to us as we've basically taken over that side room and made it very difficult <laughs> <laughs> and uh, packed it with coats and clothes. You've been a wonderful partner for us. Uh, in particular, you. we put a, a. We've always had a big uh, box up front as well for people to bring their coats and clothes. And I, and I hope you know, as much as I appreciate you supporting, you know, the show and bringing us food and all that, what I really, even more so, appreciate the fact that you've been a great partner for what we try to do for the community. We appreciate it. And I know that means a lot to everybody at Glory Days. I know how very involved you guys have been in the community over the years. Um, I have been talking up the summer seasonal menu for a while, but what we need to address is two things. Once upon a time. Uh, I was I was given a list of things that were on a seasonal menu and included these new thigh wings. And I was like, okay, let's see. And y'all brought them in for me, and I said, I, no offense, because I've eaten a lot of wings at Glory Days <laughs> in my life, but yeah. you never needed to make a regular wing ever again right. because it was the most incredible thing I'd ever tasted. I said this, it, it, whenever anybody talks about there being a wing shortage, fine. Go, let there be a wing shortage because if I've got these, I'm good. Now, you've kept them on the menu. We have. That's relevant because in the spring, I noticed there was something on the seasonal menu. And it stayed on the seasonal menu for the summer. And I'm going to need you to declare to me that it will never leave the menu again. And it is that, that opener, the pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, purely bonkers. Yes, it is absolutely one of the top sellers right now. And it is delicious. Tim, this is not, I'm <laughs> not joking about this. My buddy Rich and I were there two Fridays ago. I swear to God, I was doing the math in my head of when Rich might look away because I didn't want him to see what I was doing to that bowl because I was taking my fingers and rubbing them up against the edge of the bowl and licking my fingers when he wasn't. Hey, huh? you see that over there? Oh, man, you must have missed it. Must have missed it. It was a guy in a costume. It's crazy. You must have missed it. I was Tim. Tim. It's, wow. The, the number two sauce has always been perfect, right, on, on, on the wings. and Whatever it is about the combination of... Of the number two sauce and the pork belly, I, it makes me speak in tongues, my friend. <laughs> it, so you're t you're committing to me that that ain't going away. I don't think it is. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I needed that to be the case. <laughs> but there are other things on the summer seasonal menu that might go away. Correct. So we need people to get in and try it now because otherwise you might be miserable if you missed out on that opportunity. Yes. So give me an example or two that maybe maybe perhaps I could try myself while we're right here so the south carolina barbecue chicken it comes with green beans fresh green beans comes with grilled fresh corn tim can i ask you get a little bit closer to the mic i'm sorry thank you sir comes with fresh green beans mm -hmm. fresh uh grilled corn and then it comes with a nice slice of fresh watermelon okay so that's that's this yes. right here, right? Griffin, we need to get pictures too right, of right. the uh, the food that came in here. Um, so this I'm looking at right now. Oh my god! Oh my god! Look it, at that! 
That's the South Carolina barbecue chicken? Yes, it comes with two large portions of Holy the chicken hell. leg and thigh together. I don't even I don't know what to do here. I'm just gonna stare at it. I, this is impossible. Oh my god, just smell that. Griffin, smell that. Smell that. Smell Adam, can you smell that from out there? Yes. <laughs> Adam's dying because he's not in here with the food. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. What is that? That is like a golden barbecue sauce. Correct. It is a South Carolina barbecue sauce. Oh, oh. It's like a mustard. You see that, John Colson? You see that? <laughs> oh my God! All right, I don't, I can't, I want to share this with the class. Griffin, I need you to do me a favor. All right. All right. I need you to cut this chicken up somehow, okay. so I can just have a little bit of it. All right. I just don't, I don't want the whole thing. I want a little bit of it. Share it with the class. Okay. You can get some. Get some for everybody. I don't want the whole. The whole thing. I just want to try a little bit. In the meantime, can I try a bite of the lobster roll? You can. Okay. It is from, it's our main lobster claw, and it is served with our grilled New England-style roll. Oh, look and at that. And then it has the Old Bay corn. Oh, look at that. Corn. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to take a bite out of this. All right? I'm just going to go right in for it. Because, again, we like to share. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's what, okay. So here's, I'm going to say a couple things about lobster rolls, right? So the, I, I'm an onion man myself. Mm. I'm an onion man. So adding in the accoutrement with the lobster creates this perfect kind of refreshing light. This is the type of thing you can eat for lunch. It's not going to ruin your day having this lobster roll. All right, cut up a couple pieces. Oh my God, what is going on over there? All right, all right. All right, take a picture of the lobster roll too, and then you can you can also try a bite of that. Oh my god! Oh oh, I just <clears throat> don't mind if I do. I don't care. <laughs> so it hit the table. Life will go on. Some lobster came out, hit the table. All right, so there's that. That's excellent. Now this is the South Carolina barbecue chicken. Yes. Oh my god! Look at that! Look at that! Amazing! I don't even want to touch it. I just want to <laughs> admire it. I can't believe I haven't tried this yet. I can't believe. As much as I'm a Glory Days girl, I haven't tried the South Carolina barbecue chicken yet. All right. I'm kidding. Ha! Ha! Okay. Well, cancel all of my plans. <laughs> Guys, I got bad news. You're not getting any of the chicken. I'm sorry. You can have some of the lobster roll. You will not be getting any of the chicken. Holy hell. Oh, that is so good. Tim, that is so good, man. Thank you. That is so, so good. Um, wow. Wow. I don't have the words for that. That's perfect. That is perfect. So, um, it was a lobster roll. I know you're also doing uh, lobster and crab fries. We are. How does that even work? You take the uh, fries and you take lobster meat and crab meat over top of the fries with our, seat, with our uh, sauce that goes on it with green onions. Awesome. Oh my God. Really, really awesome. Oh, my God. John, John, Adam, come try this chicken. Get in here. Come try this chicken. It's insanity. It's insanity. I don't have the words for it. Here, we'll get you a fork. It's Adam Pohl, play-by-play uh, uh, -play man for the Bowie Bay Sucks. Good. Uh, uh, is this more? What is, it? what is this? What is this in here? This is more food. How is there more food? This is your corn. Oh, this is the corn. Yes, we couldn't okay. put it all in one container. Got it. This yes. is. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. This That's really beautiful. Good. How good is that? How good is that? The chicken isn't sick. Somebody it's, find. It's, somebody find Adam a fork. Somebody get the man. A, or you can just grab it. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. It's bonkers. 
bonkers. Mm. Yeah, right? <laughs> bonkers. Um, okay, so go back to the fries. I'm sorry. Yes. Back to the fries. So we're taking, we're putting lobster and crab meat. And crab meat. On top of the fries. Correct. And it's, is it an appetizer? Is it more like a really, we call it an appetizer? We, but the, we call could, it an appetizer. Yeah. But it actually can be an entree for one person. Yeah. Or two people. That's what I was thinking. That's how many fries. They're That's what I was 18 ounces of fries with it. Um, Huge. And then the dessert is the Cracker Jack Sunday. Correct. So you need to describe that. So it's, it's a delicious, crispy, warm waffle topped with our delicious vanilla bean ice cream with chocolate and caramel sauce. And whipped cream and Cracker Jacks. We all know Cracker Jacks from back in the past. Of course, it's what you associate with baseball. Absolutely. It's baseball season. You get yourself Cracker Jack Sunday. That's Absolutely. the way that it works. That's such a great combination. Um, I really don't want to keep doing the show. I just want to stop and eat some more chicken. That's what I want to do. God, that is good. That is so insanely good. Um, what else do people need to know about going on in the summer menu at Glory Days Grill? Um, we have a very berry salad. Yep. Um, I've, I've consumed a few. I, so I am a man who's tried to, to stay in reasonable shape. And so I'm a big fan of the. I have ordered quite a few berry berry salads because that's not new. That's been a, that was Correct. there last summer. That Absolutely. was. I have I have been a big fan of the berry berry salad over the years. It's a perfect. Con- it's got um, uh, what, what kind of nuts are in it? Berries, it's, walnuts. Walnuts, walnuts. Mm. The berries, it's just, it's its a perfect blend of flavors on the very berry salad. It works out quite well. Um, anything else people need to know about for the seasonal menu? No, I mean, more than anything else, is just a great item. Great items on a menu. And look, the smoky thigh wings, I still highly recommend. I highly recommend. That, uh, what's the blend burger? The brisket uh, the short rib correct. blend burger? Yes. I, I'm te- So you don't know how much you guys got our family through the uh, pandemic? Um, I was, I was regularly because we were all trying to support, uh, area restaurants and, and we were doing our civic duty. It's not that we didn't want to cook. <laughs> we were just doing our civic duty. Right. That's what we were doing. I, my kids are big fans of the wings, right? And especially the, uh, the boneless honey old bay, uh, wings. They're yeah. big fans. Of course, you know, perfection. Absolutely. so we were ordering a lot of those, and then I was ordering the brisket short rib because I'm a I'm a no bun man. Brisket short rib blend burger with the blue cheese and caramelized onions oh, wow. on top. I just combined. I don't know what you guys call that burger. Is it black and whatever you call that burger? I said a blue cheeseburger. Blue cheeseburger. Correct. I said, can you do it with the brisket short rib blend burger? Mm. And they were like, everybody was like, yeah, we can do that, no problem. Perfection, perfection. Wow. It's everything. Tip. A little bit of barbecue sauce on top. I'm telling you right now, especially if you're somebody like me who's trying to the, the, the brisket short rib blend burger with the blue cheese and the caramelized onions on top, a little bit of barbecue sauce. Thank God you're alive. Amazing. It's perfection. <laughs> perfection, Tim. Perfection. Now, and, for beverages, don't forget to finish it off with a summer crush. I mean, what says, what says summer in Baltimore more than a crush? What says Baltimore summer better than a crush? Uh, I actually, you know, I don't, I don't really drink anymore, but I, I was over there a couple weeks ago for a meeting, and I actually had a uh, gin and tonic. And I was, like, I was like, this is great. I can just walk back to the office for a little while afterwards. <laughs> that is the really convenient thing about being right down the street now right. from my neighborhood, Glory Days Grill. Absolutely. Um, football season's coming. The place to be uh, for hanging out, watching games, of course, as well as uh, picking up food and taking it home. 
for games, getting some wings, getting some ribs, getting some burgers from Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Tim, anything else people need to know before we let you go? No, we really appreciate uh, all the all the um, the community helping us through the pandemic. We Dude. greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate. I, I was it. truly. I felt like I was a hero in those moments. <laughs> I I'm enjoying these wings because I'm a hero. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, you have Thank no you. idea. And we right really now, appreciate I appreciate that chicken more than I can possibly describe because it is truly insane. Uh, Tim Diggs, general manager, uh, right here at the Glory Days Grill in Towson. Come by and see him, and uh, I'm telling you, the uh, <clears throat> the pork belly. The pork belly. No offense to anything, because the chicken's bonkers, and I'm going over there to get more, but the pork belly, I, you will have dreams about it. You will wake up in the middle of the night saying to yourself, I need it! I need it. It's called the opener. Thank you for coming in and hanging out with us, Tim. Appreciate it. And thank appreciate you for bringing it. the food for us. Absolutely. It's Tim Diggs from Glory Days Grill hanging out in studio with us. Have we taken all of our breaks? Do we need to take one more we break? We do need to take one more all right, break great. at some point. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come. Adam Pohl will rejoin us then. That's going to allow me a couple minutes to eat some more chicken. That's what I needed to know is do I have a chance to eat a, a little bit more chicken? We'll do that. Then Adam Pohl's back with us. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, Flash Fried Pork Belly, with their popular Korean number no. 2 sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com glory days grill great food good sports 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. These are the final days for you to pick up the very special Salute to Coaches issue of Press Box with John Harbaugh on the cover and eight other area high school, college, and pro coaches recognized inside with amazing stories told by the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most. You can find the Salute to Coaches issue for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always read every Press Box print issue at PressBoxOnline.com and coming soon. Our football preview issue, which features Ravens tight end Mark Andrews on the cover and profiles of players from Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. I thought maybe I could house an entire ear of corn during that commercial break. Came up just short. Got close. <laughs> you did get close. I mean, I I put away some... There is If there's one thing I know is that if my wife says, hey, you're grilling corn tonight, I'll be like... How many uh, how many ears we got? She'll be like, "Well, I got four. I'll be like, "We're gonna need to go get four more. <laughs> We're gonna go need to get a few more because that to me is summer." Um, thank you to Tim Diggs and uh, Glory Days Girl for bringing us some food. Adam Fantastic. Pole back with us. That chicken is insane. That chicken's insane. I hadn't tried it yet. Yeah, we've been talking about it. And I'm like, it sounds really good. It's better than it sounds. Yes, so um, good. That chicken's nuts. Um, Adam, we're going to get to, um, of course, Adam's with the Bowie Bay Sox, but also yeah. Adam is the play-by-play voice of Mount St. Mary's. Let's and, go. And uh, you guys are making a big move, um, a new conference starting this year. It is a big move, yeah. A little action coming yeah. to Emmitsburg. Not, not single aim action. Correct. Double aim action. Exactly. You double know a, a thing or two about double A, don't you? I, do. I guess <laughs> no this is a trend. About, yeah, double A. This A's. is a trend. Yeah, so unfortunately... Ball State is not coming to the Mount, but uh, but the MAC is a great uh, the Metro Atlantic. Uh, it, local conference. fans will remember, of course, Loyola right. was Loyola in the was MAC. In for the years. MAC. It, it, it's I think it's actually the perfect league for the Mount to be in because the NEC is a football league as well. So almost all the other schools have football, and the Mount is a basketball school. Uh, the Mount is undefeated in football since eighteen oh eight. Show right? some respect. Yeah. So I actually I don't know much like have, UMBC. They might have had a football team a hundred years ago. Oh really? There was a that. football yeah, team. Yeah, All right, for, never for mind. Like Ten years. Yeah. So well, undefeated uh, in this century. Yes, undefeated since whatever their last season was. But but um, but uh, you know the MAC is is a great uh, low major. Uh, to mid-major level basketball league, uh, it was rated 16th in in out of 32. So I, I guess that would be mid-major. Yeah, I right? agree. And yeah, um, mid, true. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I mean, do the math. De- and um, but but you just got uh, the the great story of the tournament last year was St. Peter's. Yep. Of course, they were the MAC champions last year, but they weren't the first place team in the MAC. Nope. And St. Peter's was only in the tournament. I mean, they were outstanding last year because they because. The seventeen and one Iona Gales, right. led by Rick Patino, were upset by a team that's supposed to be the the real up and coming team of the MAC this year, Ryder. Okay, and Ryder beat him in the quarterfinals, and uh, so it's going to be a fun year, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Mount fits in. But one of the great things about this Mount team is that almost everybody that's going to play a big role for the Mount this year is going to be somebody with at least that's at least in their third collegiate year at the D one level. That'll help. Yeah, yeah so help. so there's even though a lot of these players were brought in to be great players winning them out the NEC title mm-hmm. and this is a big step up 
and the recruiting is going to have to tell the tale over time for that. I, I still think that this group of players uh, can, can do pretty well. Does the Mac still play on Friday nights? Yes. Oh, that is the best. Yes. Okay, so from and Sundays, Fridays knows, and Sundays. Everybody knows I work, uh, of course, at Loyola, mm-hmm. but I was not at Loyola when they were in the Mac. I just went to games. Right. I when and when Jimmy was there and they were playing Friday night games against Iona and that was when Tim Close was the coach at right. Iona who had a hell of a run. And Loyola won a won, won the tournament Mac one, tournament Mac in tournament 12, one year. Yeah, yep. I believe. Um those Friday night games cuz the students hadn't left for the weekend. Yep. They were it was like the kickoff for their weekend was we're going to go to the basketball <laughs> game on Friday night and yep. they were I mean hyped. Those yes. Friday night games were spe- – I have never understood why other leagues wouldn't try to look at that and say I, – I get the appeal of Saturday for people that have to work and all of those right. things, but for students' involvement, the Friday night deal was a 10.5. So I think that that it's because of Saturday, right? You can't play Friday night and then yep. Saturday afternoon, and Saturday is the number one day to draw people to games. So – the Mac does it for Friday, I think. It creates uh, you an know, atmosphere, man. Because they can get a great TV deal out of it, too. Yep. Oh, that's great. They, they're, right? they're, so they can get a game need, on they ESPN. Need, they need um, in- inventory, so it makes all the sense in the world. But I'm telling And I know it's a great atmosphere at the Not Arena no matter what. But right. a Friday night atmosphere, man. Well, we, uh, well, that's the thing. A lot of people think. They say, you know, can the Mount hang in this new conference? But out of the eleven schools that will be in the conference next year, the Mount will be third. Would have been third in attendance. How about that? I mean, so How about that. Yeah, and I think second is is really possible. Siena's got a fifteen thousand seat arena, so it won't. It's be tough first. to it's <laughs> tough to compete with that. It is tough to compete with that. Although you know what's funny about that is you ask Jimmy about his time at Siena, he's like, yeah, yeah. we were always the redheaded stepchild because he was like Albany got all the attention. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. it seems like you guys have plenty of attention up there. <laughs> yes. And he would explain that like. It was a bigger deal. Like you'd be like, it'd be nothing. Like in in that town, this is what it. That's what's going on. It's yeah, basketball. Exactly. Into it. All right. Um. So, let's do this. Let's have right. some fun with it. I'm ready. Adam Pole's here. Here we go. Definitive power rankings. We will carve them into stone and pass it down <laughs> through generations because we are making it definitive. We are going to rank the best promotions in all of baseball. Now, I am trying to be more generic, right? But I am happy to throw in. Your, so give me your three favorite one-offs. Your three favorite like one-off promotions you guys did somewhere at some point that it was just... Well, you know what What we could do is we could put them into categories. So let's let's do it that way. I, I, give me... Okay. Give me the one-offs first. Okay. And then, then we'll talk about... Because I, I want the list to be the more generic stuff. I want the list to be the things that, that truly would make an average person go to the ballpark. Okay, so give me so, the, the one-offs first. Well, the number one one-off, unquestionably is the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo. Oh, no. Which, now, wait, when you say that's a one-off, don't they still do that? Yeah, but it's once a year. Yeah, but I this to me counts as a regular thing. That yes. counts to me as a regular. It's like, so it's like uh, what's-her-face, it Red Panda a doing. crazy, yeah, a cra- just your crazy promo. He might be retiring the act, to be honest, but, but it is, once again, it is a capuchin monkey riding a sheepdog and chasing horned goats and herding them on like they are cattle. Now, when, I mean, when did you guys, because it, these are the types of things that with basketball, you do it at halftime. When did you guys do the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo? Did you do it? Well, first of all, the Frederick Keys are one of the first teams to do it. Okay. Incredibly, you would think that this would have been found in the South, but it was, well, it was, but it wasn't. Okay. An employee of the Wilmington Blue Rocks went to a rodeo 
and the rodeo clown was Mr. Cowboy Monkey. Wow. And this was a rodeo act. Between the actual rodeo, they would do this, and people would just laugh hysterically. It's wonderful. And he's like, what's this guy's number, and how do I bring him to Wilmington, Delaware? I, I love this, by and, the way. And, I'm all and on board. And I, as a broadcaster of the Frederick Keys, saw it the, the second time the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo ever happened in minor league baseball, and I immediately brought them to Frederick. And soon after that, 32 teams uh, throughout the country were doing it. Did you do a pregame, or did you do it? So, you do a teaser after the third inning. Okay. Uh, which the monkeys come out and run around a little bit, or the you know they they, they ride. <laughs> you do a teaser after the sixth inning, and, and then so you build the up big the show is after the ninth inning. Yes, wow, wow. Yes. wow. I'm by the way, I'm all in on the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo. It's tremendous. tremendous. I, I have witnessed it. It is phenomenal, phenomenal. Now I uh, we. My fr- yeah, I'm sure you know Patrick Stevens, of course. Yeah, of course. Covers college basketball in the area. Yes. Uh, Patrick and I used to rank like halftime shows in college <laughs> yes, basketball games. Yes. And of course, Red Panda was always very high on the list. I adored, I don't know if you've ever brought them out for the Frisbee Dogs. Yes. You ever done that for baseball? Have you ever brought them out for? Yes, once or twice. And the Mount does it annually. I mean, it's it's as halftime shows go, spectacular. 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 I, I never know how these things translate when you try to do them with baseball because it's not. It's not quite the same viewing wise. Like people right. are sitting in different places. Like do you put them on top of a duck. But like frisbee dogs, ten and a half. Ten and a half. I know, but I I got I got a crazy one off for you. Okay, that you're gonna love. We did it one time in Frederick, and uh, the people that went still talk about it today. Was it shave your back night? <laughs> it was not. That was a good one too. That was a great one. But this one was called Man on Fire. Where we brought in this guy from Ohio. I was waiting to say you like you pick somebody at random and lit him on fire. <laughs> I, I mean, would say maybe not the greatest. It promotion. looked like the front of a Rage Against the Machine album. <laughs> we, we we literally set this man on fire, and he ran the bases and then got extinguished at home plate. So this is just his show that he does. Correct. And did you do this between innings? This was post-game. Okay, and I was going to say, and, and, I would be a little bit worried about what fi- might go wrong. The fireworks sh- started right when he got extinguished. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. Oh, man, that's perfect. Man on fire. All right. I'm, yes. I'm, that is, is, is more one-off more to me of than Cowboy one-off. Monkey yes. Rodeo. I'll put Cowboy Monkey Rodeo on the big list. That, to me, makes the big list. Gotcha. Fireworks, as you bring up, of course, oh, of are course. a generic. Like Now, that being said, I personally would not choose to go to a baseball game just because I saw it was fireworks night. I might be more inclined with so, the kids. Well, fireworks is the number one promotion in minor league baseball. It there, drives there the most people. There is one up. other that is not as fun, but it's called 75 and sunny, right? Meaning the weather. The weather, perfect. yeah, yes. the weather. Got it. But, right. But uh, fireworks is is the best. You get the biggest crowds. Just if if it was a generic Saturday night with fireworks versus a generic Saturday night without fireworks, you're saying that Saturday night with fireworks will drive a larger crowd to the ballpark. Correct. Anything else that you say statistically? is the biggest driver of people to a ballpark. Big group nights, right? So let's say you have a faith night. Right. And it's you basically sell a ton of group tickets uh-huh. to different churches and bring them in. I mean, that is a perfect, perfect night at the ballpark. So instead of having just a goofy thing and you throw it out, right? right like, like we have done so many times over the years, 
you have a night that is geared literally towards a certain segment of people. All right. I have told you the best thing you guys ever did at Bowie, and I don't know if you're... Do you, do you still do Touch a Truck Day or... Oh, yes. That's a great one. Did you do it already this year? Or I don't think still? so. I, well, it's, it's we upcoming. need to talk. It's we upcoming. need to talk. Let me tell you what. Touch a Truck Day. Where did this come from? Oh, it's a good question, I, but it, it's it's obviously a, a a community event, dude. Used to happen at just at, at firehouses, but now it, it's starting to happen I, everywhere. All it is is just a bunch of different fire trucks and service trucks and electric trucks and you name it. They're all there. You line them all up and you let these young people walk by and honk the horns and you let them climb on the trucks and they are like pigs in s. <laughs> My two sons had the greatest day of their life. They were like, there's a baseball game afterwards? Uh, who cares? I'm like, well, I mean, we're here for the baseball game. I think we lasted three innings. I <laughs> exactly. think we lasted three innings. They were so happy to go jump and play on trucks. It was the greatest promotion I had ever seen in my entire life. In, in the same realm, you know, when you, when you bring in... Uh, obviously bobbleheads uh-huh. is the number one bobbleheads but but also it, another one that i really love is when you partner with a nonprofit and do something special with them and then have the team wear a jersey mm. that is indicative of that and then you auction it off and then raise money for it so people want to see the jerseys they want to buy the jerseys you auction off the jerseys raise the money and give that now, money to that nonprofit now this is better in the minor leagues cuz you get like SpongeBob jerseys and you get correct but like you can the... get very unique so yep. here's two examples right one would be a great name guns and hoses night Okay, so you get a this pr- is for you get for the pr- police and the fire, pr- yeah, or post game softball game uh-huh. between the police and the fire before uh-huh. or after your game, and then you wear a special jersey and you auction it off. In Frederick, we gave it to the Police Action League, but Bowie just did uh, one that was very successful, and another one. This is in Frederick for the Arts Council, Art in the Park Night, right? So literally, somebody in the community would design a jersey. A oh, group that's of people cool. would pick the jersey. You'd auction off that and then give that that's money cool. to the local uh, arts uh, community. You have not named one that to me is a very simplistic one. And it's not one that I'd say specifically would make me choose to go to a game I wasn't going to, but the joy it gave me when I would get there is uh, it's very difficult to compare to anything else. I love Dollar Dog Night at the ballpark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There Just is say, something so baller about going with your boys and looking around and being like, hey, guys, this round's on me. <laughs> and coming back with a bunch of hot dogs for you and all your friends. I don't know how to explain it. It's like more powerful than going and getting everybody around to beers. Well, the key, though, is you want to do that on a weekday, right? Yes. So, so you don't want to do that. Your money-making days are Friday through Sunday. Understood. So you got to do... Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Thursdays have be, been the big discount night in minor league baseball. Makes history. sense. That yeah. makes sense. I'm telling you, dollar, dollar dog night is, is the one. It is the way. I th- I don't know what makes it so. I, I, I have a friend who is a, a football player, became a professional wrestler. His name's AJ. And for his birthday a couple years ago, we went to a baseball game. And on the way out, we stopped by a vendor um, that was selling dollar dogs. And he literally just plucked down a 20 and said, the next 20 are on me. <laughs> now, there were like 12 of us that were there yeah, like hanging out with him for his birthday. 
and I, there, it, it's 20 bucks. It's nothing. And yet it felt so baller because he bought 20 hot dogs, right? Like, yes, he's just, yes. everybody's walking up. Like, it's my turn now. Like, he, it was just such a baller move for no money at all. I love and it. And everybody was so happy because we're like, we got a delicious hot dog out of the deal, right? Like, and then you can do whatever you want with your hot dog. Dollar dog night is the way. And I don't know that there can be a comparison. Like, I don't think if you did dollar peanut night or dollar no, cotton it's candy night. dollar dog or dollar or, you know, now $2 beer night, you know, yeah. things sure. of that nature. There was, what, 10 cent beer night? Like, uh, didn't Cleveland do that, like, in the 70s one time? Yes, yeah, so they had yeah, the I mean, game. Yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. There is Yes, it's a great <laughs> idea. It's just that in practicality, it ends up being a bad idea afterwards. Oh, no doubt. And in Virginia, there were laws about uh, saying that you had a dollar beer night, like a, like a special off beer night so you you could do the special but you couldn't promote it in that way so the salem virginia team basically roanoke uh area uh, they would have a night that was called friends and family night okay and that was their dollar beer night and the joke was it was meet friends and make family night (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay i get it uh the ones that we haven't touched on yet as we okay. make our list here we go uh, famous famous person signs autographs yes autograph nights and yes. these can range from the sublime like to the ones where, i feel like right now the the go-to is anyone from the office you bring yes. meredith from the office no doubt about you bring it. um kevin from the office uh Brian Baumgartner, who's but a great it, it guy. What could a great be anybody. guy! I mean, the keys brought out Shooter McGavin. That was oh, that was one. a really good one. Local sports stars are great. Yeah, the Bay Sox this year are going to have Craig Laughlin uh, for now. Capitals Night. Yeah, I saw that Night, was coming that'll up. Be a good one, but, um, but I but I feel like it's because some of the I don't. I, I yeah. like that, but a lot of people around here, if like you really wanted to meet Greg Laughlin, you've probably had an opportunity at some point. I'm not trying to to, to poo poo it, right? Because I think Correct. it's a cool event. I think when you bring in somebody that's not local, like when you bring in a. a a celebrity, sure. even if it's a CD level celebrity, that people are forced to say, "Am I ever going to have another chance to meet the Soup Nazi? Like, am I ever going to have another <laughs> right. opportunity?" Well, let me let me tell you my almost on, on that one. So, you know, one of the great things about being a broadcaster is you really have to do a lot of prep on these guys, try to find out different things. And they typically say, come right? spend an inning with you on the broadcast, right? Or well, I'm talking about your actual players. Oh, right? you know, oh. you don't want to say the same thing about these guys got every it, night. Got it. Yes. So we had a third baseman named Tyler Kalodny. He was a 13th I round pick. I vaguely remember him. And he never made it beyond high A. And Tyler uh, was a really, really funny, funny guy. And so I, I'm one day doing broadcast prep on him, and I realized that he went to this high school in L.A., and a lot of famous actors okay. and actresses have gone to this high school. Many of them are much older than even we are, right? Uh, so what ends up happening is that I realize that there's an actor that I think probably is a very similar age to Kalodny. So I had to ask him after the game, and I go down and I say, Tyler, can, can I ask you something? I'm like, do you know McLovin? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've got his cell phone right here. We, we were in the same grade in high school. Dude. They grew up together. Dude. And amazingly, due to my fantastic timing, I should have figured this out earlier because we reached out. We, we tried to get him, 
but Kalani got released like oh, a week or no. two later, and oh, we I couldn't no. just keep following it up. But we had it all planned out. You know, you got the Hawaii God, ID, you what? got a free ticket. You know, we we had it all ready for McLovin. That would have been a ten, a fifteen and a half. <laughs> oh my God, that would have been perfect. I am. Uh, the Ironbirds did it with Chris from InSync a couple years ago. Ooh, yes. And you just, like, not bad. And it's the type of thing where you're like, I don't know why I care this much, but I really care. I'm really excited about meeting Chris Kirkpatrick going to get your ass kicked. Yes. Like, I'm the, really excited about it. the wrestlers. The wrestlers. Oh, that's a big that one. 100%. That's a big one. Whenever you do a wrestler night at the ballpark, yes. that's a great point. John and Little Rock said that the uh, the Arkansas Travelers AA team, they did a, uh, a pro midget wrestling night. Okay, yes, now that's I've a good bit that. too. That's a good bit. They actually do like a wrestling match, and I have Set seen that too as well. I oh want to say a couple years ago, the Nasty Boys, because I remember the only reason I remember this is we were doing the show from the baseball meetings, mm-hmm. and I walked downstairs, and the Nasty Boys were just hanging out at the baseball meeting. You're I'm like, like what the, why are these the guys hell here? Is going on here? And it turns out they were there because they were going to the trade show exactly. to sell. You know, bring the legends of wrestling to your ballpark this summer. Like that something. was the reason why they were there. Um, I'm willing to, to just a wrestling theme night. It can be a little bit different. I'm willing to put that on the list. Uh, we have not mentioned uh, run the bases or or catch yeah, so, on, or play catch on the correct. field. Correct. So those are some some great add-ons. But but this is one of the interesting things. And think of it in this way: um, Major League Baseball. When I got into minor league baseball, it was kind of very similar. You know, to what you're used to now, but now Major League Baseball is like that too. It's true. They right. are. They are and, incorporating and far more of these. Yep. When I grew up going to Orleans, wow, there was a there was a concert after the game on Saturday night. There were exactly. forty thousand people there. But the, just the promotions between innings, because I mean, you could add that stuff in as well. Um, but the reality is, the new, the next wave for minor league baseball to differentiate themselves is giving really a special experience. What do you mean by that? So the Bay Sox do a 12 days of Christmas. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. each day they auction off, not auction off, but you can buy uh, a, a ticket a ticket plan on those days. And if you do so, then you get that experience. One of them is doing a half inning on the radio. Oh, play by play. That's cool. Right? Uh, you know, That's with, cool. with myself or yep. Matt. The other is, uh, another one is taking batting practice on the field, you know, from one of the Bay Sox staff or uh, handing out the lineup card. That's you cool. Know, things like that's that. That's really so, cool. So that's kind of the next frontier. Stuff that probably they wouldn't want to do at the major league level. Just not going like, to happen. Yeah, it's majors. not going to happen there. So but. they don't do on-field promotions at the major leagues. Uh-huh. They don't like to have, you know, they think that kind of cheapens it. You see that in the, in the, in the minors. That's an enormous thing if you want to put that on there. On-field promotions is a huge thing. Like, like the like the brushing the teeth thing. Like, Correct. Yeah. But, uh, but my favorite of all time was the exterminator. Uh, you, you have a, an exterminator that 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 is the sponsor, and you have an intern run out in, in a bug costume, <laughs> and you get a seven year old with okay. a big fly swatter. Okay. And they just okay. They just beat the ever living you know what right. out of that intern. All right. I like yeah. it. I like yes. it. Is there anything else that's not on the list before we rank them? Bark at the park night. Oh, bring your dog or, yeah. Wolf, Wen- or Wolf Wednesday. That's Wolf a great Wednesday, one. Yeah. That's a great one. Bark of the Park Night is another good one. I I think that, uh, but but this is wild. Seventy now sixty nine games, right? Mm-hmm. Over th- there's over four hundred promotions. It's bonkers. There's so the, much going on. Yeah, there's so when, much when going you, on. When you put one night deal, yeah. you know. Well, and then and then there's then there's a dollar off. Uh, uh, drinks or whatever Correct. on certain nights yeah. like I mean, there's it, always it, when you something put everything together 
uh, it, it's over for uh, uh, James said, uh, I always liked when minor league would do ticket deals, like a yes. buy one, get one free type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes kids will, it'll be like, wear your little league uniform and oh, you get, get in, in free, free on Sundays. Yeah. 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 It's a great point. I guess there is like a little league. All right. We're, I don't, I don't, I don't, we're having too many cause we got to rank ours. Okay. Yes, All right. We got to rank them. ours. So what are we fighting about that to us is number one? You dollar dog is gotta well, be, you okay. and I are in agreement on dollar yeah. dog. You seem pretty strong about the cowboy monkey rodeo. Being <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, I'm just telling you the, do- the discount stuff is great. But the the way to really grow your attendance in the minor you see, you're thinking it from more an analytical approach. Correct. You're thinking of it money. more from someone who's, who's who's worked in this business. We're talking about it from a fan perspective of yeah. what makes us the happiest when we get to the okay, ballpark. Okay. What Bobble makes head. us the happiest when we yeah. get to the ballpark is when we're like, oh my god, it's Dollar Dog Night. I I feel very strongly about Dollar Dog Night. I don't I do know how well. to explain it. Yeah. Sorry, it's... you've been outrolled two to one. <laughs> <laughs> I got bad news, dog. That's the way it's gone. <laughs> Dollar Dog Night's winning this one. All right, now I'll let you because we. Usurp number one. <laughs> yes. You get to have number two. Oh, well, it would, I mean, in my metric of what is the most important mm-hmm. to driving people, it would be fireworks. Fireworks, yeah. number two. Undoubtedly. Fireworks it's number is number one, two. But it's okay. I believe Bobblehead should be number three. I agree. I just, I, I, we should, I guess we can include like a t shirt night on here. And I know the t shirt nights do well, but I just feel like there's sure. nothing that compares to. Well, yeah, you could just say a giveaway. Yeah, giveaways. Yeah. Should we like specify Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt night? Like. Oh, God, Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and floppy hat night. Yeah. Yeah. Floppy hat night is always <laughs> a driver. Everybody <laughs> wants that stupid floppy hat that you might wear what, one more time all year. I bought eight <laughs> the tickets. Fedora, the fedora. Yeah, right? Hats, 100%. Yeah. Oh, fedora night was, yeah, it was a good bit. All right, we'll do bobblehead slash giveaways. All right? Okay. All right, bobblehead slash giveaways will be number three. There's uh, the the Staten Island Yankees. They did a Pat Vendetti bobble arms one. Oh, I, I remember that. <laughs> that was a really because he was uh, he, he was, was ambidextrous. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. The amphibious or, pitcher. Yeah. Amphibious, yes. Amphibious, Thank you. you went to NC amphibious, State. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a Georgetown player that had the same problem too that said amphibious? It was NC State. I thought I could have. I know, but I could have sworn in the '80s there was oh, a Georgetown really? player that he did said, the same I thing. I can go to my right. I I can go. I could have sworn because Forrester loved to tell the story that there was an '80s Georgetown player that. Um, all right, so we're three in. Next. I feel really strongly about Touch Chuck Day only because my, my children. That does sound really cool. Dude, I'm uh, telling you. It's you, a, great, become it's a, a father, great event. Become a father and understand. Oh, I know. I've got a three-year-old. Yeah, you do know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Touch a truck day is everything. All right, you get the next one. What uh what what is in at, the next one? Uh, we're, at, we're at four now. We don't yeah. have. We can decide when we just want to end the list. Yeah. No, this no is the great thing about, about it, being our list. I would say I, I do love uh, the... Uh, guns and hoses. So the jerseys. The jer- yeah, but but what I would say is yeah, a nonprofit night. Special jersey, special jersey slash nonprofit. Correct. Yes, because okay. that's what you're doing. All right. With those all nights. right. Yeah, all right. Those so that'll be number really, five. Really that'll be number five on the list. All right, uh, Griffin, you get to choose one now. Uh, I like Bark at the Park night. Bark at the Park. The dog, that's a, I agree. Bark there. at the Park is strong. Is, yeah. That's a strong thing. Even if you don't bring your dog, yeah, yeah, you love seeing everybody else's dogs. Yes. It just makes your experience all that much better. It definitely does need to be on the list. I'm going to go with uh, autograph slash celebrity appearance. Nice. Because um, I'm telling you, man, when you find out that Kevin from The Office is going to be there, yes. he's like... I, I will stand in a thirty-minute line to meet Kevin from the office. Yeah, I will do. We that. brought Rudy once. That's a that's a that great was a one. great one. Oh, it's a great one because you're there and you're like, well, that's really him. <laughs> that's like, Rudy. That's Rudy. Because <laughs> his son was in the system, wasn't he? It was he? his nephew. His nephew. That's what it was. Yep. His nephew was John, in the system. Yeah, Rudiger. Yep. All right, so that's seven. How many more do we want to put on the list? Did, you want to go to ten? Did we forget Star Wars night, or is that like yeah, that fall w- under something else? <sighs> <laughs> Star Wars Night's a really good one. That's that. Yeah, that could be its own thing. That's Damn it. 
But Marvel Knights a thing now too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, you could put all that stuff. But I, I do really like. All right, we're gonna. What we're gonna do is we're gonna make it Star Wars slash Marvel Knight. I do love. I'm sorry, but I think mm-hmm. such a, a a big part of minor league baseball would be just the crazy, like what the you know what promotion. So Cowboy Monkey Rodeo would fall. I'm under good that. with that. I'm but good you, with that. But you would put it under Cowboy yeah. Monkey Rodeo slash WTF. Yes, yeah, mid, like <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> wrestling or I, I just like WTF. Cowboy Monkey that. Rodeo. All of and, midget and, wrestling and, yeah. and, and and you know what, Griffin say and assorted WTF <laughs> yes. entertainment. And there is a lot of it. Assorted WTF entertainment. That'll be number eight. All right. Uh, I, I do think that we need to put play catch on the field or run the bases on the list. Yeah, I think sure. that should be yes. on the list. And that's so something that the so major leagues have taken. Yep. That gets us well. to nine. So we got one more. We got. We I think we we cut it at ten. All right. So do we feel stronger about Star Wars slash Marvel Night? Do we feel stronger about wrestling themes or post game con? I mean, the post game concert did just draw a ton that's of true, people. Yeah. It did, but I'm telling you, for the Bay Sox, the Star Wars is is yeah. by far the most. All right. I'm leaning towards that as well. But we have to leagues. incorporate major leagues here too. We do it because we did say baseball. We didn't just say specific, okay, specifically well, minor baseball, leagues. If and we did just watch. Do. Look at how many people came out to that game on Saturday. It was yeah. insane. It was insane. And it was Smash Mouth, and they're terrible. <laughs> was it Smash Mouth, really? Yeah. And Drew Hill. Drew Hill's great. I didn't uh, but Smash, Smash Mouth is god-awful. And yet there were 40,000 people at the game on Saturday. Amazing. It was unbelievable. It was one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it was Smash Mouth. Um, I All right, you... It's it's two to one. What your vote is? My vote is uh, my vote. Star Wars. I, right, I think I'll that's, go Star that's Wars. Gonna win. Yeah. So Star Wars slash Marvel Knight. All right, that's our list, Griffin. We're gonna I like chi- it. chisel okay. it into stone, chisel and we're it gonna put stone. it up on the website. <laughs> All right, uh, let's quickly get it. Uh, can tidbit save for tomorrow? Oh, you know what? I need to figure out what reads I haven't done because I kind of got away from doing reads as soon as Adam got here. Good, <laughs> <laughs> and then food was here. I forgot oh. that I had to do a show. Um, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Adam, can you do me a favor? Could you yes. hand me that? You see that uh, binder right there? <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I'll be your Stockton to Malone. Ah, thank you, pal. Yes. That was a hell of an assist. <laughs> God, that was a big one. I got to remember. I don't remember the wording on this one, <laughs> so I do need to go. Uh, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I like it. I'm a recent Toyota buyer. What'd you get? Rav four. I do enjoy Rav four. Yes. I do enjoy a Rav yes. four. Uh, uh, Griffin, what's the so your tidbit? Could it hold for tomorrow? Or does it need to go today? We can we can hold for tomorrow. We're gonna hold yes. it for tomorrow. Yeah. If he had done it, it would have been spectacular. First of all, <laughs> and it would have been brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino <laughs> yes, and Hotel Maryland, yes. which is the best place to be uh, for all football games, including tonight. You know, if you're if you hey. follow Live Casino and Hotel on Twitter or other socials, you will see the advice that Griffin and I have for you about betting. This weekend, and yeah, it involves preseason football. There's a pretty obvious bet to make. Yes, Ravens money line. It's no. I would go even a step go further. It's not. It's not yeah. just that they've won 20 straight. They've covered in 17 of them. That's amazing. I, in fact, I'll give it away. I think in order to get plus 135 odds, you should bet specifically the Ravens to win by one to 13 points. That's what I think you should bet. I just don't see it being a. It's a. It's the it's, Titans. It, right. It's a preseason game. I just don't see them. Vrabel Harwell trying all that hard for it to be a blowout, mm-hmm. right? I think one to thirteen is the number. So I that's, like it. That's where I am. My betting advice for tonight. 
which you can do in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise, it is a busy night. Uh, obviously, Orioles playing this one-off with the Red Sox. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Dean Kramer is on the mound for that. Uh, Josh Winskowski goes for Boston. That's 7 o'clock on God Madison. bless you. No, you know what? I meant to have... Yeah, you need a tissue after that. <laughs> right. Damn it. Uh, Griffin, do me a favor, real quick. All right. Oh, we're going to go to like 1245 today. This is going to be a problem because <laughs> we still got to get to Cade Povich. Uh, we created a tradition that we had to cancel because Kyle quit the show. Um, <laughs> can you try calling Kyle real quick? Yeah. From the studio. Okay. He'll know why you're calling if he answers because he's, <laughs> he's got a real job now. He'll know why you're calling. So tonight's the Field of Dreams game. Yes, um, that's right. On Fox. And, he, and he's got the James Earl Jones and voice. And so uh, this is a lot. When Kyle used to work at Channel 2, mm-hmm. Jamie Costello would ask him every year, I don't know what, what date it was, because the Field of Dreams game just started, yeah, but would year. randomly ask Kyle to do the monologue from Field of Dreams. I love it. And Kyle would entertain it and would just do it. And so last year, Jamie, the night before the game, messaged me was like, hey, man, can you have Kyle do the monologue on the show? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so I thought about it right before the show today, and I, I messaged him, and I said, hey, dude, I need you to do the monologue today. And he was like, well, just tell me when. And I, then food, Chaos. you came in. Yeah, a hundred things happened, and I utterly forgot it. Is he there? Yes, he is. Oh, Kyle What's up, buddy? How are you? <laughs> What's going on, man? How hey, are you? Uh, you remember our friend Adam Pola is What's here in up, Kyle? How are you? He's in the studio right now. Yeah. Oh my yes. Boys, how you doing, Adam? Good, Kyle. We, well, we're here to to hear your voice. Yes, that's the voice we wanted to hear. The dulcet tones. <laughs> so this is um this is a gift for all of us, but specifically for our friend Jamie Costello. So how did this start? Where he would ask you to do this exactly? Um, so I was working at WMAR at the time, and I, I guess it was 2014 because it was the year that you and I met, Glenn. Um, and he just printed out the speech <laughs> when I was at the assignment desk and handed it to me and just told me to read it. And, uh, yeah, I guess that was the, the start of the Jamie Costello fascination with me uh, mimicking James Earl Jones. I, he messaged me last year the night before the Field of Dreams game, said, can you please have Kyle do this? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll have Kyle do this. Absolutely. Because I, everybody knows I've long been enamored with Kyle's voice. Kyle has this very sultry um, uh, voice of God. And so, um, and we just, we put him on the spot. We didn't give him any prep for it. <laughs> I just said, Kyle, you don't know what you're about to do, but call this person. And I had him call Jamie. And then once Jamie was on the phone, I had him give, I printed it out for him. I said, give us the monologue. So, are you prepared to do this right now? Yeah, I actually just pulled it up. All right, here we go. <laughs> Kyle Otten, ahead of tonight's Field of Dreams game, out in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. I would actually really love to go at some point. I would, would really be cool. love to. God, it would be cool. Even uh, if it's the Reds and the Cubs. It's a terrible game. Who cares? Yeah, you're not there for the game. Playing, yeah, you're there for yeah. the setting. Uh, here is uh, Kyle Ottenheimer as James Earl Jones. Ray. People will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure what they're doing. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have, and peace they lack. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers 
and sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game, and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick, they'll have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. The one constant through all of the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Bravo! Oh, I feel it in my soul. I feel it in my soul. Well done, sir. Thank you. Well Thank done. Thank you. Um, all right, well, I guess we'll talk to you in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in a new studio now. I don't even have the uh, the uh, landline what, anymore, what, do I? No, no. Well, text Actually, me do, when you want to come by. Let me know when you want to come by, and we'll make that happen. All right. I don't. I don't really go to the county. Oh, yeah. Listen to you. <laughs> listen to you, <laughs> jerk. All right. I, I love you, buddy. Th- thank you for doing that. I love what you, pal. Do, man. All right. There's all right. Talk to you, Adam. Then, oh boys, man, uh, God, that was great. The bouquet of roses are on the way. <laughs> <laughs> See you, bud. Griffin, take it easy. Good job, buddy. Thanks, y'all. It's Kyle Ottenheimer, who of course was my partner for years here on Glenn Clark Radio, and um, such a random, such a random thing. But I'm really glad he did that. It, <laughs> made, it made my day. I don't care that we're going to be on until one o'clock. Today. He got into it. Oh, he does. He's a he performer, did. dude. He did the uh, the Jaws monologue, the Quint monologue one year. Yeah. Oh my God, it it moved me. <laughs> like it <laughs> moved me when he said we dropped the bomb. I like jumped out of my skin. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that guy, that man, that man. Uh, so yeah, the Fox has got the Field of Dreams game tonight. Cubs Reds at seven o'clock. Uh, what else matters? Athletes Unlimited uh, continues. It's the final weekend of that out at USA Lacrosse and Sparks. ESPNU at 5.30, ESPN2 at 8. Of course, Titans, Ravens at 7.30 on uh, Channel 11. Um, everything else, glennclarkradio.com. You can find it there. Anything non-sports-wise? Not a whole lot. I mean, you're watching either the Orioles, the Ravens, or the Field of Dreams game. better be watching game. the Orioles tonight. I, I mean, what are you? I, no offense. What are you doing? That game matters. I'm enjoying the game. Oh, you're going to the game. That's yeah. right. You're going to the Ravens game. God. <laughs> It's one game that matters tonight. Uh, there's the Arsenal uh, All or Nothing Amazon Prime documentary. They're like the Premier League uh, Hard Knocks people, thing. People love that. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then there's a Netflix uh, skateboarding documentary called Stay On Board, the Leo Baker story. Uh, he's a uh, he's a queer trans skater. Uh, okay. So it follows his issues that he faced. Uh, you Sounds know, interesting. Coming up. So I watched. Yeah, I finally finished The Most Hated Man on the Internet. I finished nice. that. Uh, what a douchebag. <laughs> 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 They're not wrong. <laughs> They're not wrong. That guy's a piece of crap. <laughs> Um, and, and apparently only to serve like two years in jail, and now he's just, ah, F that guy. Uh, at, not you, though, Adam Paul. Not you. You're not a douchebag. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you for coming in this morning. Oh, this has been great. Uh, Paul Adam. P-O-H-L Adam yes. on Who knew there Twitter. was another Adam Paul? I know, right? Can what the I, hell? What the I, hell is Maybe that I should just been Adam Paul one. Have we ever addressed, I'm sure you get it some, do you get Josh Gad, like when, you, when you're out, do people no. say like, I've, you get Swear that? to God, yeah. I've thought it a few times. Back in it's the a, day, I was Fred Savage. Okay, Fred Savage yeah. makes sense. It's a combination of look and voice. 
<laughs> yes. I feel like I've I've meant to say that you, you yeah, see, I see yeah, it. I see exactly it. I, right. <laughs> like, I feel it. like I've meant to bring it up to you a billion times over the years. And I just think I beat him did. in chins four to one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Josh Gad, I think you have similar... I, structures i think josh gad is is that's why i think it works um thank you for coming in and hanging out with us a lot of fun well yes. you want to plug anything at all for well you know serena williams farewell tour with so that. let's plug it they're, with they're playing in in canada to- Toronto right now, right yeah. now. nick yeah. curios is a this is Watch a, out. Thing. Uh, Jack, a thing jack draper that's a name that i beat us yes. sits the past last night and jack draper has been he's a brit he's been steadily coming on I'm keeping my eye on Jack Draper going to the U.S. Open. That's yes. a name that we'll be discussing. All right. Well, good. Check We're out the tennis ba- people. We so are. We, yeah. You go don't check make out money the Bay Sox. Tennis, though, no, not at all. Not one bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh, go check out the Bay Sox and, of course, Mount St. Mary's as well. Appreciate you, my friend. Really, oh, thank really, you had so a, much, really man. had a lot of fun doing this. Hey, uh, Stan will be on uh, Facebook Live. It's basically, when we finish this show, Stan's going to be hopping on back on Facebook Live. He's got a show this afternoon. Frank Ramesh, GM of the Baltimore Arena. We'll be talking about uh, what the building's going to look like and what events are going to be coming. That'll be a fun conversation at 1 o'clock. So basically, at the time that we end our interview with Kate Povich, mm-hmm. you'll be able to flip over and refresh, and Stan will be there, facebook.com slash Sports. Simply the Bets returns on Tuesday. We do it every uh, Tuesday morning at 1140, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Thanks today to Adam. Thanks to Rod Woodson, and thanks to Cade Povich, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow <laughs> on the program, we're going to try to make Bo Smolka happen tomorrow, and I'm guessing stuff and things. Uh, yeah, stuff and yeah, things. Stuff and good, things. Good yeah. stuff and things. I hope so. I hope that's the case. Are you talking about number 21 tomorrow? Number 21. Ravens. Oh, Jesus, wins. right? Yeah. <laughs> So they're going for blackjack. Adam, Adam, I'm not going to watch the game. <laughs> all right, I'll have a great full the report for you. The Orioles are playing a meaningful baseball game tonight. I'll tell you how well Anthony Do you Brown know did. how many Augusts I've been desperate for this? Desperate to have a distraction from pretending to care about free season football? I don't even have to pretend to. We can talk about the Orioles tomorrow. That's what I like. All right, um, yes. we'll do that on the show tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners. Uh, big time thanks to Glory Days Grill for bringing oh, yeah. us food today. God, oh, made my day. Amazing. Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Great Ace Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer. Buy at Twitter.com and Swagger, playwithswagger.com slash PressBox. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexbex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. We wrap up today's show. <laughs> Cade Povich, new member of the Orioles organization. He came over in the Jorge Lopez deal. Let's meet him right now. Glenn Clark Radio. Well, it's a pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a man who just arrived in the Orioles organization, and he wasted no time making himself acclimated. In his first start, he went six shutout innings, giving up just one hit and striking out eight. He is now Aberdeen Ironbirds pitcher Cade Povich, and he's with us here on GCR. Cade, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time, and welcome to the Orioles organization. Of course, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. All right, let's let's go back to it. Uh, take me back last week. Did you have any idea? I know around this time a lot of guys start thinking about it, but did you have any clue um, that you might be on the move? And when you find out, what's like the first thought that runs through your mind? Yeah, I mean, leading up to it, um, you know, I think everybody was kind of curious what was going on um, for themselves and what might happen to them. And I think as the deadline gets closer and closer, it starts getting this feeling like, all right, well, I'm 
I'm here and nothing's going to really happen. And then, you know, the day of the deadline, I wake up and I get the phone call. And um, I think the, the first kind of thought is um, kind of take a moment and think about it and, like, take it all in just because it's something you hear about. Um, I mean, obviously being in in this uh, system and then also, like, just watching from being younger and then, you know, it actually happening, it's kind of like, a moment step back and actually like take it all in so at are is it is the feeling more disappointment in you know being moved or is the next feeling more like holy crap there's a team that really wanted me like there's a place that they really they 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 wanted me specifically they chose me like how do those emotions um sort of go through you in those like 24 hours that follow Right, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I, I think at first, um, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people, it's one of those things you get drafted by a team and you want to be one of those guys that, you know, you see You're a lifer. that have come up, yeah, that yeah. have come up through the system and just stayed with the same. Um, but, I mean, then when, when you look deeper into it and you see who it's for and, and you look at, you know, okay, I guess this team probably really wants me and maybe they want me even more um, than who I'm currently with. So I feel like it's one of those things you look, you'll end up looking back on it in a few years and be like, I'm glad that happened and it just happened for the better. I was wondering if maybe it inspired this like first outing with the Ironbirds because holy crap, dude, <laughs> um, like you were on, were, were you, was it, you know, sometimes baseball just goes that way, right? Like it's just your night, the matchups are good, whatever it is. But but were you feeling like some sort of extra energy putting on a different uniform and being in a different system for the first time? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, the first half of the season in, in Cedar Rapids, being my first year of Pro Bowl, I, I experienced, I mean, a lot of ups and then a few downs. And um, to be in a new uniform in a new place with new teammates, it was just kind of like a, like a reset mentally for me um, and just go out and get back to myself and have the freedom to to be myself and do what I want. And I think that part kind of helped a lot as well. He's Cade Povich. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, now with the Aberdeen Ironbirds, an opportunity for you to see one of the newest members of the Orioles organization. Um, Cade, one of the things that Mike Elias said in a press conference last week is that they really identified you as a guy they wanted in a deal and, in fact, used the terms we see him as a front-of-the-rotation type of pitcher. I'm sure somebody uh, let you know about what it is that your new general manager had said about you. What did it mean to hear that from from someone speaking about? I mean, you're still very you're a year into this thing, right? To hear a major league baseball general manager say, "I we view him as a front of the rotation type of pitcher." What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it obviously means a lot, um, and you know, it, it definitely boosts the confidence a little. Um, when I got the call that I got traded, you know, he gave me a call and welcomed me too, and. Um, I mean, whenever you have someone like that reaching out to you and um, saying things like that, it's it's definitely a, a good boost. And, um, you know, that's always kind of the position you want to end up being is, you know, the guy of the system and of, of the rotation one day. And, um, you know, I grew up watching Clayton Kershaw as a lessee. And, um, you know, I always imagined and hoped that one day I would kind of hopefully be in the, the position that he's been in the, the past however many years 
I mean, it's lofty goals, obviously, when you're talking about Clayton Kershaw. But we like the sounds of it, bro. We want you to know that. We'd be all right if it worked out that way. That would be pretty great. Um, you mentioned Cedar Rapids a second ago. I guess it strikes me we need to make sure that the Orioles find their way into a Field of Dreams game at some point in the future since you missed out on that opportunity this week, right? It's... Right, yeah, I've been seeing it from all my buddies back there and everything. and It looked like it was a, a really cool opportunity and something that, um, I mean, they'll probably never forget. All right, so we just need to make that up to you somehow. We somehow need to make sure. We'll, we'll call the powers that be. I mean, we got a little bit of pool around here. Try to figure out a way, maybe like uh, Orioles, uh, White Sox in the uh, Field of Dreams game and then uh, two years from now in order to make up that opportunity that you missed out on. We got to do that. Um, Kate, let's talk about you, um, the pitcher, right? I had a couple of scouts who said, you know, what really jumped out to us is that your velocity seemed to even go up from the draft to now. Um, I had a couple of people that pointed out that, like, maybe there were a couple of extra ticks on the fastball. Can you take me through just the first year as a pro and what you feel like you've maybe already improved to this point? Yeah, I, I feel a lot of it was, um, just continuing to focus everything um, on the craft and, and in the weight room. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, I think overall just figuring out who I am and what works best for me um, definitely helped out a lot. Um, learning how to move a little bit better in, in certain positions um, and move faster in those positions um, helped me out a lot. And then just continuing to develop all my pitches and get comfortable and being able to throw them all wherever I want to. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't the hard thrower when I was younger, so I was able to learn how to throw strikes and throw up the zone. And, um, fortunately the, the velocity has started coming, um, as of recent. Where would you say right now that you have complete control? Like what's the fastest velocity that you say? I still have complete control if I'm hitting, 95, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I think anytime I can stay in the in the around the four range. Okay. Um, you know, I I feel like I'm in control and um, can work all my pitches off of that. And what? Tell me about your other pitchers. Uh, you know, what else is it that you bring into the repertoire? Yeah, so I have a changeup, um, which has been kind of a up and down pitch for me this year. Sometimes it's just. Just working on finding consistency with it. Um, you know, my, my curveball has been one that I had, and, and I go back to Kershaw because, uh, I, I mean, my curveball, I've always kind of looked at like his and, and tried to model mine after his. Um, slow, big loop and breaking ball. and um, Then I have a, a slider as well, which uh, I, I try to use uh, as a put-away pitch. Um get some good good sweep on it and some good depth to it um and then and then a cutter that i can run a little slower than my fastball it's more around 90 but um it gives it a different movement look than than my fastball is there anything else that maybe you've like had in the lab that like you've experimented with and you know, you you might bring. I I always love it when somebody's like, yeah, I'm working on this like spiked split finger. And I'm like, is that a pitch or is that like a drink that you're working on making? Um, is there anything else that you've messed around with in the lab at all? Um, I mean, not necessarily. I know over COVID, um, in college, 
I was throwing live at bats to some of the college guys that always went up there and I'd mix in a knuckleball and mess with them every okay. game there. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know probably not going to make games. it. Yeah, yeah. Probably going to leave that one out. Although it would be hilarious in a certain situation. My <laughs> God. Oh my. I would I would have no choice but to stand if at some point you're here on like a Tuesday after like a getaway day afternoon is the perfect time to do this. There's there's two strikes and you just quick pitch a knuckleball <laughs> and nobody knows it's coming. Oh, it would be magical if that were to be the case. Hey, I, I know um things have been going well in Minnesota, and it's a great organization that's had a lot of success, but Again, taking stock after you got you know traded and seeing what's going on here in Baltimore and how things have turned and the even more talent that's coming and you know the opportunity to perhaps work with Adley Rutschman, who looks like he might be the greatest catcher in the history of baseball because Jesus, he's still he's already so good at such a young age. Um, what does that mean to you? What you see coming now in this new organization? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that's really nice to be a part of i mean being in the system and watching other teams and, and seeing everything else uh, it's, it's no secret that i mean the orioles have one of if not the top farm system and um the way they've developed players and brought players up it's exciting to be a part of for, for the future of the program and, and for the future of myself and then the most important question i saw you were a uh, sports media and communications guy in college so um are you going to end up taking my job in the future? Hey, who knows? We'll, we'll have, to, have to wait and see. <laughs> Tell me one more thing. One other thing that we needed to know about you, the person, Kate. Yeah, um, I think, you know, I, I, I'm a guy that likes to give back. Um, I, I love interacting with the fans. Um, you know, I always think back to when I was a little kid at um, a baseball game at a college or a Royals game and um, you know just trying to look back and, and see how I was back then and be a role model for kids like they were for me when That's I was awesome. younger. Was, was there was there an interaction you ever had with a player like growing up that, that meant a lot to you that you still remember to this day? Um, there's a few um, you know there's at Nebraska because um, we live close we'd go to a lot of those games and um you know, I, I was able to to meet and get close to a few of the players and, um, you know, even get like a tour of the stadium by one of them one time. Um, and, you know, I just always look back and remember some of that stuff and hope I can be like, be that kind of guy cool. to a kid one day as That's well. That's cool. Probably would have made it difficult for anybody else that was trying to recruit you. It seems like you might have been kind of indoctrinated <laughs> at a young age that that's where you needed to be. Uh, Cade Povich, what can we plug for you? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that Orioles fans can be giving you a follow right now. Yeah, my Twitter is at uh, CPO22. Um, Instagram just Cade Povich, and uh, that's about it. All right, give him a follow in those spots. He's already got uh, the Birdland hashtag in his bio on Twitter. We like that a lot. Um, Kate, and again, ironbirdsbaseball.com, Ironbirds in the midst of a great season, opportunity to get out and see Cade and some of the newer members of the Orioles organization. Kate Povich, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Welcome to town. Thank you for doing this. We'll be in touch as you move forward. Best of luck. Of course. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on.